0: Welcome to What the Heck's Your Source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 episodes, none of which were actually under 30 minutes. I'm your co host, Davey, and we got a full house today. Let's give it just a big uh, group hello. How are you doing, guys? What's up? What's up?
1: Hey there. Hi there. Hello. Hello.
0: <laughs> so that's uh, uh, Brian, Josh, Skylar, and Phil all coming in, and they're coming in because this is our 100th episode. Uh, for your context, we're recording on March 11th, which means fellas, that we are what eleven days from the uh, Dice Heroes Adepticon event. Um, so yeah, life. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some of us have more painting to do than others. So uh, our uh, our episode today is going to be Underworld's history as told through the lens of 100 episodes of What the Hex, uh, and. Also, we will be uh, celebrating that by drawing for a mini tournament. This was an idea pitched to us by Sleeks Bowl. Uh, So it is uh, the Sleeks Bowl Bowl, or uh, (laughs) familiarly known as the Trash Fire Tournament, based on some of the submissions. Uh, We're going to be playing some rough stuff against each other. Uh, We're going to do a drawing for that at the very end. And uh, we'll play that and get back to you with the results. But uh, let's talk some underworlds. Uh, we are gonna skip our usual segments to start and uh, we're just gonna drop right into this. So uh, we will cast your mind back all the way to November late November of uh, 2018. That's the debut episode of the podcast. And I will just uh, I'll preface this by saying that at the time there was only one other podcast uh, that was as well known Um I think battle for salvation actually started recording about the same time, but, uh, they were doing it on Twitch or something crazy. So their first three or four episodes were like not saved and not available very easily. So they may have started about the same time as us, but, uh, at the time it was a claim. The city was the only one out there. And I'd been thinking about, uh, doing something for quite a while. Uh, but finally, finally found somebody willing to kind of jump in with it with me with, uh, Phil and, um, we went for it uh the context of that we had just seen the first forsaken and restricted list it was like abandoned restricted list is what they were calling it still at that time um the forsaken term didn't come along for a while that was a big uh we we think of it as just like the dna of the game i mean uh fellas uh uh skylar and brian and josh you've never known the game to not have that right right
1: that is Uh, correct
0: uh, but for us, it was a big deal, and it was especially a big deal because there were such powerful cards in that first season. Um, <laughs> there, there were cards that desperately needed to be uh, restricted because decks, uh, faction cards were so weak and uh, universal cards were so strong. Every The decks really started looking very similar um, where you'd yeah. have a couple of faction cards and then kind of the same, maybe 24, <laughs> 24 universals. So big deal there.
2: I'll never big forget deal getting hit by my first far uh because we joined in in beast grave and the game was due for a far after we had been playing for a little bit mm-hmm. and i felt like i was uh really picking up on the game when the far
0: targeted like 10 or 11 picks out of my deck <laughs> <laughs> that was rough <laughs> um but our, our, uh, our first episode topic was push-ploys, and I'm actually kind of proud of this because I, I at the time, um, I've told this story a bunch. You know, the very first games I, I played, I was like pulling sidestep out of the deck because I was like, who cares about one space? Uh, but this was <laughs> the, the kind of thing we we're doing. Is like, hey like this is stuff that is important it's uh debate worthy and uh we we reference this episode a lot it doesn't 100 hold up because i think we tried to like march our way through every push ploy that existed in the game at the time (laughs) most of which don't anymore but the importance of push is is uh, is a big deal uh and the last piece of trivia i wanted to hit on this is uh the episode art on this episode uh i've it's terrible um but i've (laughs) left it in place it is the concept art that i sent to our uh, in-house artist uh, Eric um, to kind of come up with something decent. Uh, So it's this crude black and white, like MS paint sort (laughs) of construction. Uh, uh, But I've, I've thought often about replacing it, but I've I've chosen to leave it there for posterity. So
3: absolutely the right choice. Yeah.
0: Uh, That's how we got started. Uh, Phil episode two, this this is another way to reinforce kind of what we're about.
3: Yeah. Uh, and and before we move on, oh, I was even yeah. just having thought about push ploys that it's probably something we should revisit because push has changed so much since back mm. then. Uh, there's there's kind of a lot to talk about and how it's adjusted, but that's uh, true. It'll be I, a f- future topic for sure. I,
0: I think we'll find a number of topics that we feel like revisiting here. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. And this is actually one for episode two that we've revisited a couple of different times um, in different ways. Mm -hmm. But this is our uh, community resources episode. This was um, something that we actually just sort of cover more generically now in the beginning of each episode. But, But we were trying to make sure that we were like, hey, what else is out there if you want content for this game? And just trying to make sure we cover what other people are doing. Um, at the time, as Davey mentioned, we had claimed the city in Battles for Salvation. Um, I don't know if there were any blogs yet at this time. Um, if they did exist, I don't remember what they would have been. Um, but this was pre-Night Vault, so like there wasn't even that many topics to cover <laughs> at this point yeah. in the game. So. Um, it's not, not entirely surprising that there was not a huge uh, volume of content
0: at this point. To, to be clear, I actually believe that we are, uh, it's it's a little hazy, but I think Night Vault is out at this time uh, that late. And we, we uh, yeah, may or may not have received Eyes of the Nine and uh, Gits. They're kind of arriving as we're yeah, doing these.
3: the, the yeah. box was probably just out. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: hardly even digested it yet at this point. Sure. <laughs> Magic was still very new. Yeah. Uh, we Ah, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and now people are like, what's magic? Uh, once again. Uh, third end phase. Uh, I was being cute here. Episode three, third end phase. Get it? Ha ha. Uh, it was at a time, again, where we could kind of go through everything. Uh, one thing I noticed going back through these episodes, and I was kind of listening to the first uh, five minutes or so, is, man, how rough are... I can't believe people stuck with us through this sound quality. <laughs> it was really bad. And uh, and it's embarrassing how long that continues, uh, mostly because of episodes where I accidentally record on like a, a headphone uh, earbud mic, um, because of some of the finicky things (laughs) from, uh, from Zencaster, which will switch your, which your switch your uh, microphone if you're not paying attention. So, um, but, uh, that this is still at the time where we're, we're just picking a real specific topic, uh, and going for it. Uh, even right from the start, I was looking, I, I, I forgot that, uh, we really went every two weeks right from the start. We weren't, we weren't ironclad on it, but, uh, that's been something we've kind of stuck with for a long time. Yeah. Uh, episode four, uh, this is, this is how timely we were. We, this is, it took us like four episodes to get to something that was a big seismic change for the, uh, game at <laughs> <laughs> the time. Uh, what do we hit on this one? Yeah. Well, we're talking
3: the banned and restricted list, uh, breaking down some of, uh, the Like what are the impacts of the changes? Um, and this was the first episode where Aaron joined us. Mm. Uh, haven't had him on an episode in a hot minute. (laughs) Um, but I know he's still buying all of the stuff, so I'm sure he knows everything, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, this will become a recurring topic that we do. Um, as Davey mentioned, not exactly super timely, but, uh, I think we, if I kind of remember, we were, we had some of these early ideas kind of laid out and then, and like scheduled, and then like oh this ban and restricted us hits and we didn't have that planned for. So instead of shifting suddenly to cover that, we just sort of stuck it on later. Yeah. Um, we've certainly gotten better about being more flexible, but uh, uh, certainly a turning point. Um, And something that has become a welcome site now, as opposed to a big surprise. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Episode five, we're preparing for Wapaka. Uh, Aaron is also going to that with us. And Wapaka was actually our first grand clash, although we barely knew what that meant at the time. Uh, And I don't I don't know that even the organizers did either. Um, So that was our first was all the way back in 2018. These other fellows took them till. uh, 2022 to get a clash in right (laughs) you guys you guys hopped in at a rough time yep we were preparing for our first
2: one to be in
3: 2020 (laughs) yeah well we'll certainly talk about that when we get there but uh grand clashes uh at the time like this concept i think maybe outside of like the uk where you could go and play at warhammer world and stuff the idea of a grand clash wasn't very well solidified even because it was Mm. like oh what what's this um but uh we you know quickly realized that oh there's actually like significant support for this game they're doing big trophies and um made made a big difference between just a tournament and a grand clash um and uh certainly something to look forward to i know um you know, I I can't even really remember. I feel like we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into um, with Paka. Yeah. I, it's Underworlds is not there. Wasn't their main thing. I don't even I don't know that they're still running.
0: Uh,
3: I was Wapak gonna say I've,
4: I've heard about Wopaka, but I haven't heard about it recently. Uh, where was that at?
0: Uh, well wapaka uh it, wapaka wisconsin <laughs> uh it Makes it uh, it is now defunct the uh the fellas from point hammered uh were the the ones who kind of ran that although there is there's been talk recently of it uh being being raised from the ashes uh, or reanimated daintolo style with a uh, yeah. force a dynamic jolt of energy yeah uh, so we shall see but uh, yeah. as as was the case uh, with a lot of coverage during the years where grand clashes were were out there uh, a, a lot of our coverage and a lot of other creators would cover uh, lead up to and follow on from grand clashes and we'll we'll mm-hmm. see that a little yeah. bit where it was kind of a big deal where you'd be, you'd be tracking like okay this grand clash is happening like who's doing what well? what war bands are doing well who's in the lead and it was kind of this exciting spectator sport to to hear what's going on we really yeah. haven't been in the had a chance to recapture that uh in the meantime because uh there haven't well, been the it's... events or the numbers have been down
4: well and is that also at this time was uh resources like uh warhammer underworld's database available because that tracks a lot of the deck data
0: Mm, that's a if
4: good question. Because if that wasn't available, then I could totally understand where people are like, "Oh, what's the tournament decks?" And you actually had to pay attention live, or else you were going to miss all that.
0: Um, it came question. on relatively soon. I, I remember using it for quite a while, and we start we start uh, <laughs> shouting him out uh, pretty early on. But but it was you know there wasn't as robust a community around it, so it was it was it was more difficult to get some of that information. So. so just pulling it up right now, the tournament decks
3: on DB, unless they backfilled a lot, I think mm-hmm. it was around because the first tournament decks that they have on the website oh, yeah. are the
0: Blood and Glory 2017 Grand Clash. Hmm. 2017. Tell me this, guys, and I know you can just look it up. Who do you think, what faction won the very first Grand Clash ever?
1: The very first. And the you very said that was in Pol-Polgar. 2017? Yeah.
3: 2017.
0: Sepulchral Guard.
3: It is uh, Sepulchral Guard. Yeah, that wouldn't
1: oh. surprise me at all.
0: For a while, yeah. Sepulchral Guard had been the only faction to ever win a Grand Clash. So. Oh my! <laughs> for, a, for a hot minute, yeah, yeah, good for um, them. Yeah, really get in there early. Get in there early when there is only three other possibilities. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Absolutely, uh, it's pretty pretty interesting stuff. Actually, I look back at this, but but yes, and uh, so we were prepping. Davey, do you remember what you played?
0: Yeah, definitely. I played, uh, Reavers. I played Reavers flex (laughs) build like you do. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I had Reavers with some like whole, I can't remember if I had like hold particular objective numbers, but I did have supremacy in there. Uh, and it was just for, if if people diagonal me or longboarded me, I'm like, I'll stand on these, get a bunch of, of, uh, glory and, uh, and then come flying in afterwards once I'm powered up. So truly shocking stuff. Yeah, uh,
3: and I was playing Eyes of the Nine doing yeah. Hold and Magic. <laughs> and <laughs> and Aaron was a pure uh hold objective uh spike claws with mm-hmm. no attack stuff whatsoever. <laughs> the entire deck was pushes move tech
0: defensive tech. Yeah. Uh, it is wild wild yeah. days. <laughs> so as we often do uh there would be the the lead up and the follow-up so episode five is the lead up episode six is the recap um it did give us some of the origin of like the davy got annihilation scored on him by iron jaws on there i know uh that comes up every once in a while uh i got some swag for coming in fourth in that and uh i i it, it, it's some pretty rare swag now. So I, I, for a while I was just like using like, ah, whatever, this is some interesting stuff. And then like the, the collector part of your brain starts realizing like, oh, this is actually some, I I should not be uh, putting wear and tear on these (laughs) things. So, so they've been, they've been sealed up for a while. Uh, But there was kind of a a seismic event of, of its own uh, happening on this weekend. And we kind of talk about it in the next. Uh, So uh phil what did we cover episode seven here yeah so so right after wapaka or
3: basically the exact same weekend we get malog's mob and Godsworn hunt because this was back when you got releases as two warbands at once Mm -hmm. um they're more spread out but you'd get more at one time and we broke down malog and uh and we (laughs) we have a note here this is our first episode where we broke from our under 30 minutes tag (laughs) uh which is hilarious because to date uh at this point we still had not managed to accomplish an episode (laughs) in under 30 so i guess it is a good thing we dropped it but uh, finally
0: finally gave in realized that the joke was on us fellas can you imagine a world in which malog uh was new
1: (laughs) I'm really curious to pick y'all's brains and probably just go back and revisit the episode, but what did you think? Like did you think, hey, this is going the to be a gatekeeper falling. in every tournament? Uh no,
0: no. I think I think my specific <laughs> quote is that uh, and we were trying to make Molly G be a... We uh, wanted that <laughs> to be the thing. Yeah, we didn't have enough uh, influence to make that happen. So Well, we've got
1: five people now. We could probably make it a thing.
0: All right, we'll see wow. what we can do. <laughs> uh, but I think I specifically said the arrival of Molog is making everybody fussy. Uh, and as as is often our, our take on this stuff is like the internet blows up and we usually... Yeah. I don't know if it's the impulse to be devil's advocate or to uh, tone down hyperbole, but... Um, I, I think, you know, we probably underestimated just how big an impact he'd be. Yeah. Hmm. As long as I've been but, in the game, he's
2: been a bit of a legend. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, and this was pre any changes to how he worked. So uh, right. he was mm-hmm. pretty crazy, um, <laughs> but we didn't quite see it. I think, I think part of it is that when you do these reviews... Uh, when they first come out, you're just kind of breaking down cards and you haven't really seen a lot of play yet. Right. And some of his cards are true trash. So like, yeah, yeah. on first evaluation, it's like, ah, I don't see how he's going to be all that bad. And then it's like, oh, now I see why he's so bad. And actually, at the time, there was some pretty nuts stuff that you could <laughs> put from the universal pool in with them. I distinctly remember a game that we played Uh, Davey where you had stuff on him where he was like pushing after every attack and he was getting
0: like extra uh, some sort of way to like get extra dice and right uh, there's like vampiric blade or something where he could heal himself and yeah, then i had one yeah. where he could push after people attacked him instead of being Barf. driven back so yeah, both, just yeah like, so you had both where
3: it was like <laughs> i make an attack i can push if i get attacked i can push and it was just like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> maybe
1: but i'm misremembering win? But wasn't a librarian a thing
4: it was well, but not yet at this that's, point that's later oh, yeah but did, we the vampire, have... but did the vampire malaga win a tournament Burner. I don't uh, think so. No, I
0: don't think so. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Um so Malog was always like you had to be ready for him but he yeah. very rarely could win game like tournaments because yeah. enough people knew like okay if I can like hold enough objectives or stay away from him I can outglory him.
0: Well, so, and in these stages as as well his uh, his attack like there was only an aggro build for him. Yep. And if you missed your first few attacks and didn't develop uh, any glory to spend then you just, you just stalled out. And that was relatively rare, but it would happen... It, it it would probably happen at least once over the course of a tournament and then cost you that tournament. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and then not
4: to forget Josh's point, was Tomes Malog a thing immediately or was that later? No, because to
0: Tomes had to come in through the rest of the Night Vault season before they were all out and available. Once they were all out, though... Uh carlin figured that out right away right yeah, yeah yeah you need you needed also a mad scientist to kind of yeah. get in there and, and sort that out so. i love but. that that has been immortalized
3: in
2: card art uh yeah, yeah that's <laughs>
0: true that's true uh
2: i can't remember the name of the card but i know there's an objective out there with malog reading a book and two <laughs> skaven in the corner like are you gonna go
3: yeah <laughs> Alright, so big deal with Molly G, but uh, our next episode is a bit of a back to what we'd sort of been
0: doing or in these early days. Uh, Davey, what uh, what were we doing? Yeah, so this is, and I, I kind of would like to come back to some of this. I, we did this a lot more early on, and um, it'd, be, it'd be fun to kind of take this sort of specific deep dive. This was, uh, we looked at random ploys, so this is, again, with that smaller card pool, we looked all the all the ploys at the time, because i guess uh gambits um also would yeah would count not here, but, uh, i mean they the i don't know if they were calling them that but uh spells spells existed in night vault but point being we looked at all cards that didn't have a guaranteed effect so um uh, mm-hmm. one one uh real common one was i think frozen in time where you had a 50 50 to just lock a fighter out for the rest of the round mm-hmm. or um or there's a denial card where you it was a 50-50 to counterspell something where you just cancel somebody else's gambit. Um, and uh, there was a there were a couple lines of thinking at the time. One was like, why would you ever include something that wasn't guaranteed to go off? And another being like, hey, these abilities are so powerful that it's worth trying. Um, and uh, I definitely made use of them in the, the library monologue that I was was using uh, specifically because of because of that um they were uh powerful and, and worth the chance that they would go but yeah so pretty
3: interesting sort of the trying to break down the math and some of the statistics stuff and then uh we kind of followed that with something similar where we brought on steven van who shout out to steven for uh providing our local play group with some cool stuff to hand out um but we, we covered your power deck size and some of the math behind why you should try and play with a
0: 20-card power deck instead of going over. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not sure at what point you guys uh, started listening or something, but the idea behind this sort of episode was like, maybe we can find some sort of evergreen topics or whatever. So yeah. uh, I think this one, uh, audio issues aside, <laughs> probably still kind of holds <laughs> up of like, if you're wondering why you shouldn't just take a, enormous enormous deck here you could even include like why not go with uh more than 12 objectives because that's now allowed you could you could there's probably plenty of debate to be
3: had with that one
4: um i don't think alex ever listened to this one
3: (laughs) (laughs) and uh if we did revisit, we'd have no Stephen Van to help us do the math. So probably wouldn't yeah. get it right. But
1: <laughs> you say you want some math, huh? I know a couple <laughs> guys. Uh,
3: yeah, and then after this, we sort of continue with evergreen topics. But uh, this was us starting to prepare for our first Adepticon, and we framed this um, this episode in how to prepare for tournaments more generically. Um, And we were waiting on the last two Nightfall Warbands to drop at this point. So we've got a pretty good uh, sense of where things are settled in Nightfall at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there was... I'm sure, I don't remember exactly what we talked about, but I'm sure there's a lot of stuff here
0: that probably still holds to today pretty well. Um, Yeah, uh, this kind of set up a... a triumvirate of episodes or episode 10 11 and 12 kind of cover pre Acon and post Acon. yeah uh and we use that to kind of highlight uh phil you took McGores. i took Godsworn hunt uh it was my, like a true <laughs> champion uh unlike a true champion i just did barely better than 50 50 i went two wins a draw and a loss um but That's uh, pretty impressive given the time, <laughs> but I, I, I did uh, I did get my name and stars. There, there was a I remember the uh, Warhammer community article uh, called out the one brave soul uh, who brought Godsworn Sworn Hunt, yeah. And so I that was uh, that was my early that was the peak of my career and then everything downhill from there, <laughs> um, but uh. Ominously, at this point, Phil mentions how excited he is to go back to oh, uh, Adepticon for the Grand Clash. So, yes, I, was. I was so excited, um, but uh, you fellows were there for the glorious return. We'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, side note: At this point, I was uh, playing with the idea of making every title of an episode a uh, a card title. So, our one about uh, Godsworn Hunt was "Glory or Damnation," Our one about Megoras was "Rivers of Blood." <laughs> Uh, but kind of at the same time, uh, Path to Glory, which had it, it started up at this point, was also doing the same thing. And after a while, I was like, ah, I kind of don't want us to both be doing the same thing. So after after a few more episodes, I think, uh, I end up abandoning that. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know,
3: not a whole lot to say, but the next episode, like you said, part of this ride, we have our post ACON wrap. Um, talking about specifically about the deck that I ran um, with the Magors and sort of how it played out. Uh, I I don't remember why specifically other than just that we were covering my deck, uh, maybe because it did better than yours, but I think you, <laughs> like we could have easily covered them both, but we just did mine. Yeah. Um, but getting past Akon 2019, we bring on Michael Carlin. This might've been our... Sec- second and maybe first uh other content creator uh guest am i remembering uh, that correctly?
0: well steven van was doing uh call it Shadespire spire blocks so this is our true he, our he did have second a guy who is not in-house but uh yeah uh we really like michael carlin kind of the master of that controller defensive play style um and so we return to that topic again later but uh this is the idea early on. There was this concept that there were just three play styles. There was hold objective, aggro, and then control or defensive. Um, would you say those styles still exist to these days, guys? Or are you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Brian chuckles because it, it feels pretty aggro. I I, I think... They, uh,
4: they still exist, but are they viable? I'd say only aggro.
0: And and to my thinking, it's... it's uh, everything is much more flex than you know in in these days of the game that uh back in these episode 13 days you would have like uh like phil was talking about like you'd have a deck like Aaron took that had no offensive takes it was all just pushes and holding um so there was there was more sort of just pure i'm not doing anything but this one style uh now i feel like every deck has some amount of well not every deck but many decks have some amount of flex to them um, or, or they did, gosh, I'm, I'm wrapping <laughs> myself in, in circles here, but I, I, guess what I'm thinking of is, is sort of the dire chasm days where, um, where flex, everybody had to be thinking about objectives in some way. And we'll, we'll, we'll see more of the development, but yeah. it's interesting to think about how distinct we thought of those play styles and how that has morphed over the course of things.
3: Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly in this episode, we, we kind of tried to make the argument for needing to have control in defensive play styles and that playing defensive isn't a bad thing mm, yep. because there was and I would say continues to be this idea in the community that like, oh, defensive play, Ugh, that's so against the spirit of the game and it's so bad uh, when it happens, which I think GW has latched onto or just generally agreed with to begin with because it continues to get harder and harder to play that way. Um, but I would agree that it, it, it makes the game less dynamic because there's not as many ways to play. So um, I would still stump for control and defensive play having a space in this game, but we will see. We will see. I'm hoping that maybe, uh, you know, Beastbound Assault gives me some hope that maybe they're not completely dedicated to killing <laughs> control and defensive play. Next up, live by the code. We're still following card names here. Yeah. bring on jeff canadian jeff
0: uh <laughs> no man. this
3: is this is california jeff Oh no this is california claim the city yeah. okay yeah 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 from clean oh practically yeah. the same. no <laughs> very different but <laughs> um ripped you both for not being able to play the game anymore um yeah claim the
0: city i actually forgot that we had him on um more than once. More than once. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a recurring episode, a recurring thing for me as I went through these. Uh, the number of times it was like, I totally forgot we did that or yeah. totally forgot that happened. I have no idea uh, of this place. Yeah. I, man, I have, I've listened to other podcasts where I'm like, how can you guys not remember this? You know, like you just did that <laughs> like five episodes ago. And here I'm like, wow, I would have sworn to you that I never did an episode with so and so or never covered this, you know, like yeah. I, so but I'm yeah, glad there's um, a record to prove me wrong. We we got the uh,
3: the Caradrin on here specifically talking shooting because um, these guys were the first warband to all have range attacks, and at the time that they were like kind of crazy uh, being able to do this. And actually, this is probably worth mentioning: deck restrictions didn't exist yet at this time oh right right uh pretty important piece of some of this uh episode i think because i think coradron were the first ones to sort of break the oh i'm gonna take like 10 surges yeah um some some interesting time (laughs) to be playing the game back then i you know it's these stuff these things there's you're like you don't remember that the game ever existed before you had the split but it's like oh yeah there was no restriction on what types of objectives you could
0: take. Yeah, Phil's talking here. There was no limit on the number of surges, and so you ended up with a lot of decks that were full of surges. And then, uh, and then the only end phases they had were things like, "Did you score three objectives this round? Yeah. Did you score so like victory after victory? Uh, did you score a total? There was supreme tactician, superior tactician was have you scored six other objectives? Yep. So it would be like just stuff that compounded your surges, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, and then we also got
3: disparity. some that were introducing things like do you have x amount of unspent glory, score mm. more glory, and I was yeah. like, "Yes, of course I do. <laughs> I've scored 10 surges." Yeah. Um yeah, some weird some weird times uh for anybody who didn't play in Shadespire days, um maybe give relic a try just to see how it was like uh it was weird it was interesting you you got
0: to do some crazy stuff um sort of a companion episode to 14 was 15 vengeful revenants we got tony field on there that was ilthari's yeah uh, show of hands from the uh, from the newer fellas uh, who has ever played with or against ilthari's I have recently
2: played Altaris.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you play? Did you just play the one where you blew me off the board when I was running Steel Hearts? or did you do you play more than the once? Uh just that one so far, but okay. I, I want to play it more. I really enjoyed the deck, actually. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I also recently played against Deltharis and in Nemesis. Not gonna lie, they're uh, they've got some play.
0: What's happening? Oh, is that uh, okay. Paven?
1: That was okay. Paven.
0: All right, and then uh, Brian, any experience? Never. So between the three of you, that is a combined two games with or against. <laughs> in all your time. well, oh, I played
1: them a couple times. Oh, okay. way, all right. way back, but all right.
0: yeah, I mean,
3: recently, nah. Yeah.
0: When we recorded this episode, Iltharis were strong. <laughs> yeah, they. I can't remember if they won a clash or were just up in the finals, but they had a couple of clashes in a row where they were in the mix and. It was that stage where you're like, wow, Lothari starts on two dodge. Like, can you believe a fighter starting on two defensive dice? Like, what's going on? Uh, so it, uh, oh, and then even more so, Gallagher starting on two block was. Yeah. Yeah, that's still, that's still impressive. Yo, he is, he is
3: really tough to shift even today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next episode, we cover reactions. Yeah. Um, so this is sort of talking about all the different types of reaction. I don't think, did we actually cover every reaction?
0: I think I listed them all out. I don't know if we okay. covered every card that had a reaction, but this is <laughs> this is still at the stage where I would like write, you know, like, okay, for episode prep, I'm going to write every single card that says reaction on it down, and then we'll use that to
4: work Wait, with Wait, reactions were not a thing from the beginning? Hmm.
0: No, uh, they were. They,
4: they um, existed. Didn't have
0: the they keyword. were just.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Like the the rules around reactions were not as well defined to be gotcha. f- to be sure. Um, we definitely know, didn't have. Was a thing? Definitely didn't have all the defined windows. There was a lot of weird questions about. Oh, when when can you actually play this? Um, some. Some interesting stuff. Another episode where it's like, hey, we're trying to cover uh, a, a more evergreen topic, probably something we could even revisit. That's uh, pretty cool. But we, uh, pretty significant release that was coming up with this episode, Power Unleashed.
0: Yeah. So this was the the first time that uh, uh, I think I called it uh, Power Unlimited Power was the episode title for this. And then Power Unleashed was, or Power Unbound? Unbound. Yeah, maybe Power it was unbound. unbound. Yeah, Power Unbound. Um, it was the second card only release they done. They done a Leaders one back in season 1. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> guys, I don't know if you ever looked at like the Leaders cards. Uh they're really bad. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. there was, go, it, There's like a I want to I don't even remember how many cards were in that particular release. Uh there was that's one that's good potential. ping for far striders. Yeah. And there might have been, like, one other... There, there was, like, two cards in that whole pile that were, like, worth playing. And but, most yeah, of them were the faction restricted.
3: I think there was, like, a, a power card and an objective for every faction that was out at the time in that I think pack. so.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think there might have even been three total. Like, pow, uh, power, uh, like, gambit or spell, and upgrade, and then um, the, an objective. Because I know... I've slotted those all into the boxes of like what I keep the old warbands in, as if they were a part of those warbands. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Difficult, difficult to, uh, to, I don't know, to sort out like what they were, it, it was, it was definitely a stage where they were still figuring out like, Hey, what is it, what does it mean to do like these cards? Um, I mean, there was stuff like, I don't know. I think there was the Reavers. I was like, Oh cool. There's another objective. Uh, it was like, it was a three glory end phase and it's like if the only surviving fighters uh at least two are leaders so you'd have to like engineer this insane board state where everyone was dead except for garrick and the enemy leader like, yeah oh yeah the stage is set yeah. uh quite the card i bet no one's
3: ever scored it yeah. um i just pulled it up on db there were 60 cards in that
0: pack oh my god yeah It's lot of <laughs> of <cards. laughs> pretty bad pretty bad then uh we were coming up on our first time of uh as as a podcast of seeing a a box set rotation we we called it nightfalls beast rises which was we knew beast grave was coming and so we knew that we were going to change realms uh and but this is a this is there was no setup for rotation or anything like that we didn't we didn't know uh, exactly what that meant. Like, what does it mean? Can we, we knew we can't just have like an infinite pool of cards. So are they going to rotate? Like, how's this all going to work? Um, so we got Jeff Osborne on and uh, that's, that's your Canadian Jeff. Yeah. So.
4: Did you guys have any thoughts or do you remember any thoughts about shifting realms? Like, was that uh, something that caused a lot of discussion?
0: Yeah, I was excited about it. Uh, we'd, we'd spent, I mean, the, the art, everything about the game was so cohesive around, um, specifically around Shade Spire. you know, cause night vault was, a uh, something unlocked kind of deeper in the city of Spire. So we'd been in this, uh, you kind of say shyish, but it's really sort of a, 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 little pocket realm somewhere, um, in the gloaming, but por- ported from there. But the idea of like, what are they going to do? Like th- this is such a, such a cohesive, like artistic, uh, hole that i don't know how you you change this up so yeah um it was kind of an exciting time we just didn't know where it was gonna go the game felt really healthy uh and just it's always always the big question marks on there yeah uh power level was still
3: pretty high there was lots of viable options to play at the time um a whole 16 warbands can you imagine that many warbands so many <laughs> uh it's pretty crazy and I, I do remember thinking at least you know maybe because we were part of this larger Age of Sigmar sort of group that cared about narrative, but it's like oh it's cool that we're going to a different realm. What you know, where else will we end up going? What warbands would exist in her? Um, and so I mean there was certainly some cool narrative stuff there. I I agree though with Davy. It was sort of this very unknown. We we were entering a new world where we didn't know what to expect. Um, yeah. which is also i mean it can be good it can be bad but i think at the time it was mostly good uh we have a quick note here about the atc grand battle that happened around the same time uh yeah.
0: i don't yeah, know if I went. a whole lot uh, to say <laughs> uh, i just uh, there was a got pulled into the uh path to glory fellas and ended up playing uh Tom's malag um uh, there and, and did well we kind of we, we took that one down so yeah uh, that was uh that was a cool event uh kind of sparked the love for team events and we've been talking locally about maybe trying to make one of our uh, mad town throwdowns a team event coming up just to Ooh. give people a taste of that so I would love that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I would love that so much.
0: It it is logistically more difficult, but i i think I think we I think we just commit to it. I think we just do it. Yeah, you
3: do need more people. um, Yeah,
0: but I think we could probably make it something happen. Alliance tournament is absolutely on my Underworlds bucket list. All right, we'll see what we can do. We did, uh, we occasionally return this next idea. This is rules of thumb. Uh, we brought Eric Oakland. Uh, Eric played the game a little bit early on and then kind of uh, wandered elsewhere. At the time, he was still kind of experimenting a little bit, but was uh, much less experienced. So we occasionally try to do these episodes that are like, hey, you know, we can get super in the weeds with like, here's an entire episode about reactions. Um, so every so often we'll kind of pull out and say, hey, let's, let's try an episode that is, kind of some more broad advice and that's what this was like here's some general rules of thumb uh, and this was stuff like if you have uh if you have an offensive upgrade don't play it on to a fighter right before your opponent's taking a turn because you're really just tipping your hand you know that that sort of thing like things that if you're real new to the game you might not have uh sorted out um and uh That was fun. I I did have a little note on here (laughs) at the time, uh, early in the discussion feels like I'm kind of thinking about chosen axes. And I was like, wow, I don't ever remember that. (laughs) No. Uh, I, I I kind of
3: remember thinking about liking their like style, but uh, I think, I think that's about as far as I got because I started building decks and then, yeah, it's always And, and I don't know. There was a lot of stuff happening at this time. We were getting into, nightfall and our ending nightfall i guess we're getting in a beast grave and so there's a lot of changes happening and so um took took my focus away uh speaking of other just sort of old discussions we we continued our next topic with uh fear the fiends and we did a magor's fiends deep dive with matt martin from crit def which crit def is not going any longer
0: yeah, they've they've uh, not not uh, in the mix anymore. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I can like see
3: you typing this note in real time. Uh, for some reason, we did this. Magor... Oh yeah, Warhammer Underworlds Online was about to come <laughs> out, and they decided to release the first two warbands for that game to be Magor's Fiends and Steelhearts. Hearts. So we we revisited them as a uh, a um sort of as a refresher before the game came out. Um, we had a Banned and Restricted update at this time. I couldn't tell you what was on it or what really changed with it. Um, but again, significant thing to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, we, we kind of make note of it because every time I, I think you guys, well, not every time, but most, most times that a, a Banned and Restricted or Forsaken Restricted comes in, it's like a really community worthy thing it's not quite the same as getting an influx of cards but uh it, it is a big shake up to the meta yeah so. most decks have to change after these come out especially back then
3: when i think they were hitting more cards it, it was maybe a little more scattershot if i remember
0: correctly there was sort of like uh, where, where'd this come from but um skylar remind me you you said there was one that like hit 16 of your cards or something like that what what <laughs> what uh
2: yeah, I what, was I was looking at the faction up. was there. <laughs> it was the Wild Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it was the uh it was the June 2020 um Beastgrave uh far update. So at was this that point when they in time, hit the speed pack. Uh so notably they hit at this time uh Trophy Belt, Survival Instincts, Blazing Soul, uh Restless Prize, Frenzied Search. Mm. Mm. Um God. It, <laughs> so this was the deck that i had planned to take to adepticon 2020 was mm. uh a skate deck with with so many of what i just mentioned and i remember um my <laughs> restricted you know inclusions went from three to three to ten or eleven so they you know seven or eight additional cards yeah <laughs> um
0: and yeah. then you're no longer in there, like, well, I'll just swap this guy. You're like, I mm-hmm. need to tear it down and start yeah. again. Yeah.
2: yeah. And at the, at the point, that was a double blow because uh, one, I didn't get to take this deck to Adepticon. Mm-hmm. And then two, the deck was decimated.
5: You know, my
0: by <laughs> by <a> FR update. <laughs> nothing I can play here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, uh, with the mention of Blazing Soul here, there was a time not just when malog was out and about, but malog was out and about and could cheat his Inspire. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, that, I guess we didn't really mention wow. it too much beyond the name. Yeah. But uh,
3: Power Unbound, man, what a card set. Um, there was some <laughs> ridiculous stuff in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the early part of Beastgrave had a very high power level level. Um, and Are you saying power unbound lived up to its name? It, it certainly did. did. It was not. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like, oh, you know, it's some magic
0: stuff. So they're like playing off of that. No, 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 no. It was. <laughs> well, and our reference point was that really atrocious leaders pack before. So- oh, yeah. <laughs> so right. they're just like, oh, uh, another card pack. Uh. <laughs> and, and they just not like true. bent the whole game in half. <laughs> just yeah.
3: like, no, here we go. <laughs> Uh, but it, I don't know. I remember some of those games as being really fun, though, because it wasn't like one outlier warband being super strong. Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. Everybody was doing busted stuff. So yeah. um, interesting times. We we were about to hit uh, Dreadfane, though. And um, Dreadfane, certainly an interesting concept. Uh, we actually played out-of-the-box Dreadfane one time um, when it first came out. That was... Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot about it except for the <laughs> like uh, the environment cards. I thought those were pretty cool. I thought that could have been like a concept that they ported into the full game if they wanted to.
0: But, mm. um, probably do you guys little... know what he's talking about with these environment cards? I guess oh, you do because we saw them in Arena Mortis, right? I was going to
2: ask if they were like Arena Mortis,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah, basically. It's it's that concept. It, it definitely directly ported into that. Um, so I guess for folks who weren't around when Dreadfane came out, Dreadfane was a board game version of... The Later Heroes, Mourn Flight, and um, Condemners. And it was a single board. So it was like two halves of a board, but just as one big board. So you had no control of how it was set up. And then objectives uh, are already marked on the board. Yep. Yep. So there's no setup. And along with playing a game normally, you also had um, these environment cards that would flip out every round and they'd just do something cool it was like weird traps and stuff so um, it was a weird release because it went out in like barnes and noble yeah they were they were trying out this idea of like hey we're gonna we're gonna try introducing some of these box games into the sort of big box store market to try and pull people in um mm-hmm. whether that worked or not i don't know. I would guess it didn't. <laughs> we haven't seen it much since then.
1: But I was about to say, how many more endeavors into Barnes and Nobles have you made since then? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the GW keeps under... putting out
4: little little ones, uh, coffee table type games. Yeah, uh, I see people pick them up every once in a while. Like I know a guy who he doesn't get out much, so he'll just pick some of those up with uh, to play with him and his wife or a buddy that comes over. So yeah they're, they're um, out there
3: just not the underworld stuff but yeah they they no, continue to try and live in that space for sure um but i thought it was kind of a cool release i i i like that they were like expanding mechanics i i always like to see new ideas get added into a game
0: yeah uh, we had, uh, we brought Dean bills on Dean uh, was the winner of that 2019 grand clash, took down him on in the finals with his thorns. And it was at a time where a whole objective play style was kind of uh, poo pooed a little bit. It was pretty impressive <laughs> that he had done that. Uh, we brought yeah. him on uh, just to take a look at uh, this idea of rotation had finally been announced and we're like, okay, what does this mean? Like what, 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 how do you re rebuild your decks? And, uh, we actually talked about that several times if you needed a hint about uh, how big a deal that was. Uh, but uh, the bigger deal then was right after episode 23, Beast Grave arrives, uh, we had uh, uh, Jeff Moore on that's uh, uh, Claim the City Jeff. He was he was very excited about this. And this is when you guys came into the game. We're, you guys was it right as the beast grave box dropped or what was, what was the deal for you three? It was Christmas that year. Okay. Uh, and a gift exchange amongst the three of us
2: uh, unknowingly brought us all into the game. Excellent. <laughs> the, the first, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> the first product was uh, a gift from uh, Josh to Brian. And that was uh, the gets. Mm. <laughs> and he bought it because he knew it was going to be the most outside of what brian would buy for himself purchase (laughs) (laughs) a warband you know he could have given him and uh before he bought it for him he checked in with me and was like you know you know if we if i get this for brian like do you think this is a game that we'll play uh and i think brian and i had been talking about it on the side and he was
4: like it's got hexes skylar like let's get you into it i've been trying to get him into 40k and warhammer in some form and i was just like yeah this underworld's game like i had a really bad demo of shade spire that really tainted me uh for the longest time and then i was just like you know this thing's been staring me right in the face and oh are you into hexes (laughs) (laughs) yep so after
2: brian got that gift i think it was like the next day um he showed up at my house with the beast grave box and uh gifted that to me (laughs)
0: yeah this was a momentous relief release for all number of reasons the setting changing you know having that new color palette even just things that are like not not mechanics specific like that were felt uh big there were tons of mechanics that were important like lethal hexes were all sudden getting placed like man for a long time the board was a very very dangerous place to be oh Uh, yeah the i think this is where the guard mechanic came in to make you not be able to be driven back but um have you guys ever known true. guard to uh, not prevent drive back? When I learned the game, guard, yeah, uh, held you still. Okay. Yeah, so it did not do that in Shadespire and Night Vault, which meant that very rarely did anyone ever do it. Usually it had some sort of objective reason to do it. There was a, a surge called change of tactics and <laughs> uh, something called keep them guessing and stuff like that. that yeah would give you reasons to do it but it, it was uh it was pretty inefficient action to to do um back then so uh, it's funny to think of you know that's the only way i ever think about it now but it wasn't like that for a couple years in the game and uh and i like that they can use these seasons to kind of tweak like hey let's try something else out we'll see that later with some of the other season releases that's the rule
2: that like hearing about it later right getting to the yeah. game at beast grave learning it beast grave forward and then eventually hearing somebody say you know guard didn't used to work that way i was like what
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah um and as we'll see kind of the beast grave season heralded the return of of hold objective play as being extraordinarily powerful um primarily on the backs of a couple war bands but uh um in in general kind of a big deal And, and all the way up through until relatively recently um there was some some reason for objectives to be pretty important to a lot of people, um, and to that extent, we had Dean Bills back on for uh, talking about hold objective play style. Uh, this is actually also at the time where we had some some kind of goofiness with our recording schedule, where we I think there was at one point we had like three episodes recorded and a couple just banks that we could yeah. Um, we play them out as they, as they, uh, came. It did, it did mean, I think we'd learned from that experience. Like then you kind of end up releasing content, like maybe this whole objective play style one we recorded with Dean before Beastgrave actually arrived. And so then we're releasing episodes like, Hey, <laughs> here's a, uh, here's an episode that is kind of obsolete <laughs> already. So a little, uh, left a little bit of a sour taste, taste in our mouth and we, we backed off of that. Yeah. Uh,
3: and then something completely different (laughs) yeah so this is a an interesting episode um i have actually not listened to it Mm. but we got to interview the design team or i guess development team for the underworld's online game um which like it was really interesting at the time because it was you know we just got beast grave we have all this change in the game and then it's like hey there's this online version of this but it's pretty much just Shadespire and like not even all the warbands yet so like we were really trying to pick their brains about what what does this look like is it going to try and catch up with the the board game version and uh, I remember this one going kind (laughs) of (laughs) rough um but it ended up being like a fun thing to do but I I don't in retrospect, it's kind of like I don't know that we were
0: really had a good idea of what we wanted to get out of this. Yeah, um, we we're kind of surprised. We asked to be able to do it, and thinking it wouldn't happen. And then it did. And I don't think we were. Yeah, it's like sure. oh, uh, uh, oh, okay, I, yeah, cool. Just yeah. um,
3: sort of why this is just slapped in here as well because it's like yeah. not really uh, coherent with what else was going on uh, in our release yeah. cycle. But
4: yeah, I know I bought into the. Underworlds Online to give it a try and it was interesting because they didn't just copy the Shades by release meta and I think that was smart because it created its own meta in terms mm-hmm. of releases mm-hmm. but they ended up, after several warbands in the initial game purchase, the core game you then buy warbands on an individual upgrade, you know, warband pack basis and I wasn't uh, willing to buy physical and digital warbands as they were released because it was two different metas yeah
3: and and there was a lot of stuff that i remember seeing of people being like hey we already lived through this meta it's solved (laughs) um i know what to play if i want to like beat the people who are just trying this out on steam because they're like oh this looks cool Mm -hmm. so um it's still around. Um, they're still making updates to it. I have not checked in in a while, but I think they just put out an update just last week. So, I mean, if if you like playing online and uh, want to support them, go check it out. It's still there. I think the price has come down a little bit. Cool. Uh,
0: after talking about Underworlds Online, we uh, we had Aman on for the first and probably, I think, only time, uh, only time. where we just... And this uh, is more with that kind of... Huge shakeup with Beastgrave arriving um, at the time. Rippas had just dropped. Uh, Rippas and Grimwatch were kind of pseudo partners with this. I know. I know they actually they were the first pair of warbands to get released separately, um, yes, yeah. onesies, and that was like a shipping issue. What I don't remember <laughs> is which order that happened in. I but, think Grimwatch came later. Mm, I want to say, um, but those are two factions that are really kind of persistent like they 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 do these different things in such a way that they're always they've been in the conversation ever since they've had stronger and weaker times um, but they do what they do so distinctly and so differently that they're they're always interesting for that absolutely uh, we had we already talked about tomes episode 27 we brought both Benny and Adam on this was uh, this was atrocious to edit because uh, I think Benny's audio died like part of the way through and we'd already oh, tried multiple times it was really rough and it was one of the things that uh you you notice some of the the uh guests spots start tailing off just because coordinating scheduling and then hoping that the recording setup is good for a person is is kind of a lot to ask so yeah it,
3: um, there were some pretty rough audio yeah. quality episodes where there was just not Uh, a good way I mean some some of them we powered through and maybe we shouldn't have I guess is a good way to say it (laughs) yeah yeah but uh you know we we titled this one book club we were just chatting because I think they had both brought tomes builds to the same gt um curse breakers and eyes of the nine respectively so um continuing to see tomes have a fairly large impact on the game um, and while, while continuing to do that type of like stack upgrades to get some benefit has often been kind of broken and because it's not balanced properly, I do like it as a concept and I hope that they try to revisit it again a little bit mm. af- every season. I think we've seen something every time we get like, uh, there, there's the, you could become the beast or whatever in Beastgrave. I don't remember right. what the thing was called. Yeah. Avatar. Avatar, the avatar yeah, yeah. The Urgrib, yeah and then was fun. that was fun I, I i missed that that one wasn't all that ridiculous either um no. and then there's maps i don't think i've ever seen anybody play maps um <laughs> no. but i like the concept so i hope they keep doing it well you there's might see re- somebody
0: play maps if yeah. uh if ball gets his way. That, that, <laughs> that would be, be that would be something um yeah Where, where'd we go from here davy uh, we had our one year anniversary and we had, uh, Jeff come on and, and just kind of uh, a fun recap app. Uh, he actually quizzed us on our own, our own podcast, um, which oh, yeah. I don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did okay on that quiz, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was kind of a fun moment. Probably do significantly worse now than I did then. Oh, so much worse. Uh, we talked about it, I think offline, but there's so many episodes where I was like, I don't remember ever doing this episode, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and then, uh, the next one was something kind of near and dear to our heart, mad scientists at work. We got mad skulls and I think, uh, most, if not all of us here of the five of us have, have some kind of a sweet spot for like that, you know, going off into a corner and finding, finding some crazy, um, crazy build that no one's ever, ever thought of or, or experimenting with some ideas. Um,
4: absolutely. So much
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's totally and-
1: not going to be the topic of an episode coming up, but not in the least. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in in a move that uh, will forever burn Skyler's brain, we I released a half episode, episode twenty nine point five, and it kind of <laughs> throws throws the count off for because most podcast things try to count the episodes for you, and so uh, from there on, most of our episodes actually have like confusing episode numbering I thought <laughs> I had it fixed and then I was just looking at still it's still a problem but uh no one I will always for this. hold a special place yeah. in my heart
2: yeah so. uh, I've got this memo right here uh Davey you are a monster.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, that's because I didn't want to give full uh, full episode credit to what was just a, a very short one. Uh, it was uh, We had a contest drawing, and I should have just folded it into an actual episode. Was um, it
4: actually under 30 minutes?
0: This one was. This is the only episode that's ever under 30. I think it's like a five-minute episode. Uh, but this was we, – we ran a contest, which was look at all the season one and two cards – and say who you thought was the most frequently uh, pictured uh, fighter in all those cards. I physically went through and counted every fighter in all those cards, um, and uh, it turned out first place was a tie between Magor and Aubren the Bold. Um, but uh, we did a little giveaway. That was—it's always something I've—I've kind of thought the spirit of that kind of lives on in the flavor text quiz, which which uh, arrived much much later. But I'm
4: willing to bet Malaga is still a cr- strong contender in that. It's gotta be right
0: he, he may have overtaken auburn uh i'm not going through that again there's so many more cards <laughs> oh, yeah man uh it's it's pretty rough there's also so many more war bands having to yeah. track
3: all the fighters from 47 yeah. war bands or whatever yeah yeah um uh Episode 30, we got, uh, who do we get on for that? Yeah. Oh, we get Max Bernstein for the first time. Uh, mm. man. So there's some, <laughs> some energy here. Uh, <laughs> Max is always fun. It's t- 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 too bad that those guys are not still recording, but, uh, um, honestly, I
0: don't actually remember what exactly we discussed on
3: this episode.
0: It's very similar to the rules of thumb. Uh, okay. it was just kind of general things, uh, uh the uh, battle for salvation did a keys to salvation, which was always kind of fun. Whoever they had on as guests would give like, here's a tip for playing. And we said, what Ah, if we did a whole episode that was just just tips tips. for playing? Got it.
3: Yeah. Um, and I I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but when we got to our recommended listening, he, he really set you up with like what?
0: Six or seven songs. I think it was more than that. It was like 12. It was crazy. I was like, I don't, this is not (laughs) intended to function. Uh, so, yeah. um, that that whole recommended listening thing—that's it, that's a uh, comes from the um, point hammered guys where uh, Johnny was just really into uh, his music, and I really enjoyed having that. So um, I mm-hmm. I shamelessly stole it from them, and then. Uh, put it in early, early on when I didn't understand copyright law, I actually put, I would put our outro music to yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we,
3: we uh, made some mistakes with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I had, I had to go back and edit those out. So,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, but it was fun. What it lasted, um, for those who don't know, uh, it is, I think mentioned on the, what the postings for each app, but there, there's a Spotify playlist of all these songs. If you ever just. Yeah want to listen to a really crazy mix of that flows together stuff. in
0: no possible way at all. Cause it's so <laughs> genre all over the not place at all, yeah. but it, it's fun.
3: Um, so feel free to go check that out. Uh, and then, uh, we have yet another half episode, but this one is a fun one. Um, unfortunately I was not able to join for this most recent rendition, but we did a, the mortal realms podcast network crossover spectacular, in Aaron's basement and that was a super fun like colliding of worlds we've just brought yeah. all the podcasts and all the people together and talked all things Sigmar.
0: yeah as the network has grown with a number of hosts and, <clears throat> and shows uh, we're actually going to try to repeat that again here at Adepticon maybe not necessarily an episode but get everybody together so yeah, everybody out. everybody in the extended mortal realms family uh has met each other at least the once maybe so should be a good time. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, we're on to episode 31 with Risky Business. Um, we do not have a guest for this one. Uh, this this is another one of those topics where we're trying to do sort of like, hey, how can you approach the game, some tips for playing and in this one as like what's your risk-reward assessment uh, when you're playing the game and how do you make those hard decisions? Mm. Um, so something that's absolutely still applies today uh you have to know um you know like what are the odds of anything working out for you and when do you need to like really just swing for the fences and bet the farm because if it doesn't work you'd lose and if it does work you win it's sort of the, the those types of moments in games and you have to know when it's right to take those risks yeah. um
0: there's kind of a significant uh, moment off camera here, Skyler. You want to take this one? Sure. Uh, so
2: between episodes thirty-one and thirty-two uh, is the tournament that I've alluded to, where we met uh, Phil and Davy for the first time. This is uh, we had those Christmas uh, gifts together. We were playing the game and loving it, and I sought to um, find if there was any local scene uh, for it. And sure enough, Phil had posted up a Noble Knight tournament, uh, which is where we play now um, for our weekly get-together every Thursday and is where we originally met these two.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: I kind of ran that and ran uh, Iron Jaws Rivals deck. (laughs) <laughs> um as, as supplemented by the leaders pack and i think i had to find one universal to make it legal it was I, not <laughs> <laughs> it was not a not a particularly functional deck but it was fun do you uh
2: do you all remember what you ran at this i know uh i know i ran scathe no surprise um yeah. i think brian couldn't make it so actually i think he he comes into the
1: yeah. picture
4: later i had to work hmm.
1: I'll give you uh, three guesses what I brought to the table, and it definitely wasn't Eyes of the Nine. Cursebreakers,
4: was wasn't
1: it? It was Eyes of the Nine. Uh, okay. I remember losing every single game except my game against Davy, and until today, I did not know that was a Rivals deck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! My confidence has been a sham.
3: <laughs> uh. i don't actually remember i want to say that i was playing curse breakers but i could be wrong about that i do remember that i ended up playing cameron with his ghosts and that was rough and speaking of cameron we got him on for our next episode and we're chatting the banshees what uh what did we run down
0: with cam it was mostly because we hadn't taken a it was like a faction deep dive with more in flight. Uh, it was something that they were big, big in the meta. There was some disconnect where, uh, like, it, for some reason, they were bigger in the U.S. than the U.K. at the time. Uh, I remember John Wynne Reese uh, saying, like, he was, he's like, oh, I, I think they're really good. No one else does. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, they're, they're like everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was, I think it was an Atlantic uh, Ocean disconnect there. Uh, so we'd been trying to make something like this happen. Uh, we actually ended up with a episode 32 and a half because Max Bernstein so wanted to be on this episode. Oh, that he, <laughs> he, Like once we once we just grabbed a local guy because the recording schedule didn't work out. He was like, OK, but when are we doing the one with me? And I was like, oh, uh, I, I guess this <laughs> weekend. So he, he got on uh, for a second opinion, uh, which is kind of a interesting, uh, interesting way to do it.
2: Um, I always wondered how that came to be. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh man,
0: he was—he really wanted. I, I even joke about it in in the intro. That I'm like, well, Max really wanted to talk about uh, Mourn Flight, and he has no other outlet to share his opinion. on <laughs> Doesn't have his own show or yeah. anything. Not like he's got his own show where he could talk about him. But here we are. That's uh, awesome. But it was it was fun. It was uh, it was a weird like one two. We're gonna cover this, and then we're gonna cover it right away again. But yeah. Looking uh, to, I'm pretty good. sure this is when I started listening to the podcast as well,
2: which oh. makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, just yeah. uh, you, you guys uh, probably brought it up at the tournament. Uh, yeah. And I think I, so either the 32nd episode with Cameron was my first or um, I snuck in and, and caught 31, um, mm. but 32 is burned into my memory. Cause I remember <laughs> Cameron talking about the ghosts.
3: Perfect. Yeah. Well, next up we we finally discuss Grimwatch, which is kind of crazy that it took us this long to talk about Grimwatch. Uh, we get Sandro on, who had recently won a clash, and I guess this goes back to our previous point of like watching the meta and who was winning grand clashes. Yeah. Um, but I think this was like just the start of realizing how crazy Grimwatch were, yeah. and the Reign of Terror would uh, begin. Uh, the the dead will rule the world uh for the next
0: <laughs> i don't know uh until until the meta shifts with dire probably yeah for for a while uh i will say another reason for us to be slow to cover grim watch is uh, you know there's sometimes when a new release comes out we're going to try and cover it but if there's a thing where like every other content creator out there is, uh, oh, is yeah. kind of talking about a thing, like we kind of don't need to. We, we're like, let's let's cover something else. If people want to hear about that, there's there's plenty for them to hear out there. Absolutely. Um, and so, we've had a tendency to maybe try to find something that not everybody else is covering, or cover it in a way that not everybody else is covering. Um, because if everybody was all the time just episode after episode analyzing the meta, and be kind of uh, a little monotone um
3: mm-hmm. yeah well and then it starts to become like you know who who's really got that much more to say it's probably yeah. all been said before yeah um speaking of talking about new releases episode 34 we continue talking about uh new warbands and we talked about the, just the universals from the new releases of man trappers and worms bat um yeah if I remember correctly, the reason we did this is just because the universals applied more generically how they fit into the meta. Um, and we we had not yet really evaluated the two new warbands a whole lot. And then also to that point that you mentioned where you know, other people are running down the warbands. So you don't we don't necessarily have to do that. Um, had Jeff yeah. Osborne on for this one as well
0: yeah uh, along those lines of trying to cover what people are not covering everyone was very excited about uh well i say everyone it, the the big splash on the worm spat and Rothcorn release was Rothcorn. very much uh, so. mostly because of their power cards people were not very hot on worm spat which is understandable there was one voice and all that was uh john Win reese who was saying i think they're better than everyone's first impression uh so we had him on to talk that i'll be honest i i didn't I didn't come away all that convinced uh, no. in that um, they, it's not that they're bad I, I think at the time they didn't have the universal support that they need but you'll they're they're one of those war bands every so often you'll see them pop up like uh, like Alex with illusions or some such so yeah. if I remember correctly Unless, is, that, is that too soon Brian or
1: we uh, we definitely created that monster <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to talk about it
4: <laughs> but uh,
3: if I remember correctly John was trying to say how mm-hmm. we we're going to be so good at hold
0: hold objectives with yeah, the three fighters. So He's got in-faction supremacy, and he was saying it's better than people give it credit for. And you know, um, Maybe, but not by much. <laughs> uh, uh, we'd only seen the glimpse of Morgoth coming down the line. Here's, here's a rough one. This next one, Read the Room, uh, we're talking about reading the meta. And again, we're getting ready for... Adepticon uh, 2020, RRB. yeah. <laughs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> it and hurts. I, I think. I think we specifically reference uh, our guest today is the looming specter of COVID nineteen, which ooh, that did not wow. age well. So.
3: Yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't have spoken that into the universe. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, it, it's that cycle of uh, of prepping or covering grand clashes, which is about to be broken for a couple years. Um, yeah uh, we're, we're about to hit a
3: pretty rough stretch but not not quite yet we do have a couple yeah. more uh small episodes that we started to f- sort of f- fill space um yeah i think the idea was like oh we'll power through for now so yeah we have this quick coverage uh warhammer underworlds online releases i uh, think yeah, actually just in, what it's
0: been like to play on yeah
3: know. so so we have like a I think we got some pre-release steam keys. So me and Aaron mm. checked it out and I, th- I don't know if we ever were able to actually play each other because the, uh, the matchmaking system wasn't working right. But regardless, we got to go in check it out, actually play it. Uh, it was fun, uh, to just sort of see some of this stuff happen, but I like, it didn't feel the same to me anyway. Um, but yeah, so pretty quick there. And then, uh, Bring Matt back Matt Martin back on to talk more corn. Um which it's kind of funny looking back through these how how many episodes we have talking about the corn war bands. <laughs>
0: um I think there's a soft uh, yeah, spot. Yeah, actually it's um, honestly a little embarrassing how many times we cover the same war bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit.
3: But you know, I mean I guess you just talk make art about what you know. <laughs> um but this is the last episode before some some dark times. Yeah. Uh, we we go so I don't know if there's anything you want to mention about this, but but we go we go radio silent here for about four months.
0: Yeah. So this was uh, you know 39, 40, 41. Uh, basically Phil holds things together for 39 and 40, covering the two war bands that released like during the uh, during the early days of COVID. Um, with, you know, to have it over to do again, I don't know that we would have released any more frequently, but I would have at least, I, I do feel this is kind of my biggest regret with the podcast is not releasing a statement here. Like, Hey, we're not dead. We're on hiatus. Um, we, we, we're sorting it out. I just, with my job being what it was, it was, wasn't any way to kind of, you know, that and, and having younger children. Uh, it was kind of all hands on deck for a while there while we were sorting out what all that meant. Um, but, uh, it, ironically, like it was almost, almost immediately before this, that we actually started receiving some preview content. And so it's possible that we would, I, I, I think you released those two episodes out of, you know, a feeling of obligation, like, well, we got this free stuff, which well, <laughs> I, we should cover should this, probably stuff. cover it. Um, and I even I even wrote someone like, hey, I don't know if or when we'll ever record again, so you can you can um, you know turn the tap off because I, I don't want you know I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of this. And they said, well, would you would you still play with it? And we're like, oh, absolutely. And they're like, well, why, we'll keep it coming for now, and if you if you um, you know maybe you'll come back around, and, and we did, yeah, um, yeah. So during this hiatus is when that
2: uh, far I mentioned. Uh, hits as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just wanted to bring it back up because it was actually the first FAR to
3: introduce
2: warband-specific uh, cards yes. as
0: well. Yeah.
3: yeah. Some, uh, some Grimwatch ins- uh, required changes there, <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, uh, the first
2: warbands ever hit by uh, warband-specific restrictions uh, was Grimwatch. Uh Rothcorn's Man Trappers, Lady Harrow's Mourn Flight,
0: Stormsire's Curse Breakers <laughs> and Thorns of the Prior Queen. Yeah. yeah. S- and some of those still persist. Uh, hits. Yeah. Indeed.
3: Um, back in the day, but yeah. So for anyone who had to struggle through a solo recording of those two episodes, I do apologize, <laughs> but I was I was doing my best with nobody to soundboard off of, so it's just <laughs> trying to cover something. In retrospect, maybe a blog post would have made more sense, but we had not yet really figured that out, so there yeah. was nothing to like work off of. So I was like, I'll do what I know and I'll just <laughs> record some yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so in total this span covered about nine months where we were not releasing consistent content. Um, but, but we, we have Davy's glorious return. What did, what did we cover for that
0: episode, sir? So kind of a good time to return in general, but, uh, for, for anyone, uh, was the dire Chasm drop. Um, and this, uh, I know Brian and I were both excited to see a slanish war band come into mm-hmm. the to the mix here uh and then we have some uh filthy elf players here as well (laughs) Uh, you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) uh so miaris and the dread pageant and uh continuing that theme of uh we're we're going uh more into the realm that we already were in so we didn't leave the mountain of beast grave we just went deeper into it into the dire chasm yeah so the uh pandemic took a lot of wind out of my sails
2: at this time or up until this time mm-hmm. and uh, brian picked up the dire chasm box before i did mm-hmm. and had me over to try the out of the box warbands and i had a blast playing against him and it revitalized my energy for the game and Um, brought me back into playing
0: regularly despite the pandemic, you know, persisting uh, for for much longer. I really do feel like the Dire Chasm box was just a really nicely balanced core set um, that we, we don't always get. Sometimes we have something where out of the box one is quite is substantially favored over the other. So, um,
1: looking at you in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And
0: meanwhile, I'm looking
3: at Shadespire. The, yeah. The, the OG uh, where it's like, this is how you should learn the game. And it's like, Oh God. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, we didn't know any better. Um, yeah, this is actually also the first time that we got a, a full, Release schedule from Games Workshop. We didn't know what the warbands were exactly, but we got like, here's the next. I don't really remember how long it was. Yeah, roadmap, right? It was a while, but they were like, you're going to have releases coming fast. Like, <laughs> you're going to have a whole well, bunch of good. stuff.
4: That was really good after the pandemic, like having a clear vision. I'm sure that yeah. had to be a breath of fresh air. I know I definitely had to like uh, hit. Skyler and Josh with the AD and get them back into the game. I was just like, "Claire, like, I finally got finally got a Slenech Warband. You're playing with me." <laughs> Shared pain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh,
0: dire Chasm brought us Primacy and really doubled down on the Hunter Quarry mechanics that we had seen. Yeah. Um, sure and uh, that was an interesting time. Um, primacy, a controversial mechanic, but really I still double- love it. <laughs> I mean, it really it really helped shape that season uh, and and give it its flavor. It was it was uh, quite a moment when that eventually rotated out. Yeah, um, so we uh, we moved
3: on immediately covering new warbands. Um, we had Kagra's Ravagers come out and uh, sort of a weird warband to cover. Um, kind of ended up feeling, I think, a little bit like this this is disjointed or something i i remember feeling like it was an odd uh, release but it was cool to see uh chaos undivided again and uh at this point we we've already made note that we know seraphon's coming so i i had <laughs> nothing else on
0: my mind we yeah. just were waiting on lizards yeah kagoras um, felt like the right warband at the wrong time there where they were yeah that's probably a good way to put it yeah
3: um, not a whole lot else to cover there. I mean, we were we weren't even playing very much at this time. I think we just started doing some get-togethers with Aaron again yeah. uh, on his back porch, so we were able to sort of have a, a relatively safe uh, play space. Um, and I do remember playing against Ravagers with Pavind, um mm-hmm. shortly after this. So that was that was interesting to see them in action. Uh, we we actually continue covering Kagras. We break down the universals that came in that box as the next episode. Um, Not a whole lot there, but we do know that Mad Mob is coming at that point. We have a preview for them already. Uh, Like I mentioned just a little bit ago, releases are coming really fast. We were having to cover stuff, uh, almost all new releases for the next few episodes. (laughs) I would feel remiss to
2: not uh, highlight at this time that and ever since Kagura's Ravagers entered uh, the scene, they've never left our local meta. Shout out, <laughs> shout out shout to you, Alex. Good, good <laughs> job for
3: taking like the thing that everybody said was
0: complete garbage and just owning them and making them your own. Um, I mean, that's Alex's MO. Absolutely. Although, like, that's what he's on. It could apply to a war band. It could apply to a particular card. You know, yeah. And,
3: he's, and yeah. he's made them work. So kudos.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know how many times you had to beat the Kagras out of him, and he still hasn't. <laughs> well, you know, some people well love
1: things into existence, and some people love things to death. <laughs> Not naming any names.
2: <laughs> yeah, out of sheer will, uh, I feel like he's finally, you know, uh, got it and uh got in the you know the power level he's always wanted uh for them uh yeah. even if there was a period where he, he couldn't beat my soul right and would literally uh ask to try again and again
3: <laughs> hey uh you know that kind of dedication is how you become a master at a war band uh oh yeah and, uh you know ask anybody who is stuck with at uh, chosen axes all this time <laughs> they will they will tell you they're not they're not bad you just have to be good uh, <laughs> on, <laughs> on to our next episode though we have yet another
0: new release what are, what were we covering with this one davy Oh, you know we were covering oh, uh, yeah. episode forty-four and forty-five, were the Starblood and their Universals uh, and Phil's Forever Warband finally arrived. The him. game could have ended here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I'm, I'm hopeful for another Star- Seraphon Warband now because of all this stuff in AOS. But yes, oh my, uh, yeah, got, got the lizards. I feel like that's got to happen, yeah. and uh, it's been great. The, uh, I think we
0: referenced it a little earlier. The speed
3: package was still in play.
0: Uh, oh no sorry this is a reference to the speed puzzle this is another uh, along the lines where i said what uh, with the cards existing in the game what is the farthest a fighter can move in a single activation Uh yes
3: and i think we uh maybe even didn't know the answer ourselves if i remember correctly
0: yeah to go figure it out I, it ended up being I, I wish i could remember exactly it ended up being either skaven either a spike claw fighter or a a, a more in flight fighter yeah and the, the number was something up along lines like 28 hexes of yeah. movement if you had all the because <laughs> it was i believe it, it was more in flight yeah yeah it's one of the warbands that has
3: the double your speed uh ploy but yeah
0: um, i think i figured out if you had two boards uh set uh like full full width attached to each other that uh your fighter could do a full lap of the board <laughs> you shouldn't really get 10 glory for
3: doing that yeah exactly um, but yeah some some cool episodes uh i mean not that it matters the speed package was still around because i remember that being one of the first things that i built with star blood it's like oh they're all mm-hmm. speed four and go up to speed five let's let's go fast and earn glory and it yeah. still worked for a while there um Next up, uh, we're we're again talking new stuff. We got the Essentials Pack, um, the Crimson Court. were on pre-order at this point, um, along with Starter yeah. Set. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we we saw the um, oh man, blanking on the name Crossbow guys and Reapers. Um,
0: Storm of Celestis and of Wraith Creepers yeah this was interesting so the essentials pack was kind of a, a big deal here it was an ax- it was access to cards that basically would always be around and it it, it, uh, it made it so that uh, you did not have to keep seeing great strength reprinted in every single set so Dire Chasm yeah. was the first big box release that we saw that didn't have hold objective 1 hold objective 2, 3, 4, 5, great strength great speed, great fortitude all in that supremacy <laughs> yeah exactly uh and it makes those big box releases a little more exciting because you're like well i don't already know before i even open it uh you know yeah. be- before it's like i know i know 50 percent of the cards that are in there already yeah or the universe and least, own them so. three times over yeah you know? yeah um and uh skylar and you guys kind of kept the uh Kept the stock price high on uh, on the <laughs> essentials pack. So yeah, uh, with uh, this this is we'll we we'll actually hit this in a little in a little bit here. But Skylar, it's one of your strategies for getting people into the game, right?
2: Yeah, um, you showed up and uh, learned the game with us, and showed up again. We threw an essentials pack at you.
3: <laughs> it was a pretty good pretty good deal, really, because there's a lot of strong cards in there, and um, these were not always easy to find. These card packs are. Sometimes they just kind of don't get stocked enough. So, um, yeah,
0: cool thing to have cool thing to be able to do for our community. Um, one, one weird side effect of this starter set, the, uh, coming out with, uh, was that it basically brought two board slash four board sides into like perpetual, uh, relevance. So, uh, there are now four board sides that never rotate so that has meant from there forward we've had more boards in play really than almost at any other time it feels like um we haven't really talked about arena mortis has, has kind of been in and out so that has had boards coming in but uh i do feel like uh since that time i've really carried a lot of boards around with me i mean you already did before that but yeah the total available
3: pool is very large right now yeah. and will probably always be that way unless they decide to say starter pack is getting out of here but
0: yeah but i mean with these uh, six month seasons as well that's going to keep that board count yeah very high. Yeah. yeah it's always so. going to be high which is i mean it's good to have the uh flexibility there but ooh, it
3: gets to be a lot of stuff when you have to when you want to bring everything with you yeah
0: uh we we're pretty much like all in on new releases coming here. So yeah, we'll uh, just... moving forward, it's like episode forty seven is Crimson Court Universals. Uh episode forty eight is Headcracker. Uh one of my favorite titles, What's Headcracker Lacking? But uh <laughs> uh forty nine, we brought in Benji from um Tabletop Sydney to talk uh his Crimson Court play experience. Uh episode 50 we talked silent menace i'm going to detour onto that in just a second but then 51 was also universals from mad mob uh, and canaan which had come out but we could not keep up with the no like, it was I, I, <laughs> I was listening to the first few minutes of each of these episodes to get familiar and like again and again we're like i like it's all we can do to, to keep up and that was in such stark contrast to the the previous months where uh The releases during the early parts of COVID were so spread out. We had nothing for such a long time, and then all of a sudden, we had so much. Yeah, Um, we we talk often about how we like it when things are in flux in this game, and this was a a a case of getting like too much. (laughs) 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 Like you didn't, there was no time for anything to settle out before something new was landing on top of it, but. Mm Uh, i did i did want to take a second and mention episode 50 that uh this episode was silent menace to society and that's uh zach or requisite on with that and we we're talking about the silent menace the first universal rivals deck do you guys remember this coming out and what your thoughts were on uh, uh like I, I remember for me i remember being like I like the idea that there is uh, a rivals deck you know like a, a standalone I, they weren't even calling it at that time they were calling it like a, a cohesive deck that you could just unbox and play
2: i just remember the silent relics um (laughs) (laughs) adopting to many of them yeah yeah i don't think it made
1: too many waves as far as the the concept of a universal rivals deck goes hmm. but like skylar said i do remember that there were several relics in that one that were just like oh okay (laughs) that's that's something to look out for in championship
3: yeah the deck as a cohesive unit that you could play out of the box was somewhat laughable. Um, <laughs> like you read, just read through the cards and you're like all the strikes and you're just like, what, how, how are you ever <laughs> supposed to do this? And like yeah. so, the deck was going in so many different directions all at once. And it was like, there's no one war band that can take advantage of all this. Um, it was a very good idea
0: with a very rough uh, launch, but I'm glad they stuck with it. Mm. Yeah, we talk about the, you know, they have the opportunity to learn from uh, what they release. So uh, after that, there was Death and Taxes. Tommy Conboy came on to talk Kanan. That was cool. Yeah. And then uh, as usual, a Far List being a big change, we have uh, episode 53 is uh, talking with Eric, who also goes by Eric Eric. Uh, and I was, uh, talking about the new far list and then kind of, we, we took that again, like trying to take a different spin rather than going card by card, uh, anytime like Skylar was talking about earlier, anytime there's a far list drops, it, it involves changing your deck and it perhaps, I mean, at the time where most of the, uh, and still where most of the restricted restrictions land on universal cards, uh, warbands that rely on universals a lot more, like Wormspat or like Eyes of the Nine, uh, they're uh, sometimes disproportionately impacted by those. So we really wanted to find one of those warbands, and so that's that's how we kind of tried to to take a look at that. Yeah, and uh,
3: speaking of warbands that we. Constantly talk about on this podcast, <laughs> as the nine it also has yeah. some dis yeah. uh, distorted representation here, which is kind of funny to look at all in like one big list. Like, oh, whoops, <laughs> we <just> keep talking <laughs> about these guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, we we then f- finally get to the end of all these new releases. We made it. We are not. We are not dead. We are not been broken by the onslaught of releases and we decide to come back to our uh evergreen series of topics again and we bring aaron back for the first time in a long time to talk well, to actually a... this is not that is different this
0: is my buddy my buddy aaron Oh uh, yeah my, okay we, we had an extra set and i i handed right. that over to him and his son and said just just play it and then come on and give us your thoughts absolutely uh, and so this was uh, an idea that we, we don't often get to that often, but a, an episode specifically targeted at, at new players. And this is like, hey, if you're thinking about it, here's somebody who's brand new to the game. Here they are trying it out uh, for basically the first time, and here's what the experience is like. Um, and so this is intended as a document to be like, hey, look, if you have somebody who might be interested, have them check this out.
5: Yeah,
0: And I believe...
3: It was with his son, and yep. he was n- not young, but, like, young enough that it's, like, this yeah. is
0: maybe a stretch, but I think he really loved it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sal so. uh, so was very good with the uh, Wraith Creepers and then quickly moved on to rippers once he saw guys riding wolves he thought that was way too cool oh to, that's yeah. sal
2: yeah to yeah. so come yeah. out later uh and join yep. us uh as a cameo one of our
3: leagues yeah <laughs> For, I yeah think
0: he's come out twice total he's been out a couple times yeah. To play,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely all right yeah. so some good stuff there uh shows that even with the complexity of the game like it it's still approachable so don't don't ever feel like you shouldn't try to share with everyone who is interested Um, and then, uh, we're back to some control stuff and, uh, what are we, what are we chatting here, Davey?
0: Uh, this is getting Matt from, uh, to set the tempo blog, which then moved on to Compaq. And I think Compaq is uh, as now slowed down on it, but that was one of our favorite blogs at the time. Yeah. Uh, he'd released a great article about control play. And then the idea was to try to cross pollinate, which we'll occasionally do where we like, Hey, there's this other content creator made something really cool. We're excited about it because we read or listened to their stuff. So let's, let's double down on that. So, um, maybe a year after Michael Carlin was on to talk control. We, we kind of revisit the subject uh, in the context of a, a quite changed meta, maybe yeah. more than a year actually Probably. Um, with the, with the pandemic and uh, just cover that again. So that was good. Uh then the, uh, the final war band of, of uh, dire chasm arrives, that would be soul raid. Uh, my, <laughs> My my joke was to always sing this as a uh, soul man to the tune of Soul Man, which uh, you're, welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, Josh. It's
1: <laughs> stuck in my head every time without fail. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah had
3: him. Yeah, we had Mendargon for this one. Um are yep. over from the un- underdogs uh, blog, and he really latched onto Soul Rate as a warband he wanted a champion and uh i mean he he mission accomplished he he did so and did very well with them for a very long time um i think didn't put him down
0: really until uh season changeover. so yeah the story of soul raid is like one of my favorite warband stories i would say and i'm not talking their background i'm talking like on release it was one of these things where people like i don't think these guys are like there there was a real throw your hands up. I don't know what's going on with these guys. I, I, yeah, my, my impression, I may be remembering this wrong, but my impression was on their release, people didn't think they were that great. And, uh, that turned out to not be the case. Um, and it was just you needed the reps uh, Skylar I know you've done a lot with these guys oh yeah they sailed straight into my heart <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, reading Spinefin for
2: the first time and being like what and <laughs> oh I couldn't I couldn't wait um, we had such a small uh, local uh, scene at that point in time where uh, Matt had recently started showing back up from uh, mm-hmm. the jazz ensemble and mm-hmm. he plays uh, the Ida in AOS so he jumped on this and and at that point in time, we weren't—we uh, were kind of striving as a group, uh, unspoken rule to n- not like, duplicate war bands to, to add to that variety every week. Um, so I remember getting really excited about them, and then being like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let this be Matt's <laughs> thing." Um, <Yeah. laughs> but uh, Matt switched over to Rothgorn and um, eventually uh i picked up soul raid i, I think i would have even picked them up a little faster because uh, my initial excitement was was so there uh regardless of how weird they looked um but then they got hit with that um phase two inspire dilemma when oh, yeah. when the harrow deep rulebook dropped so yeah. i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna wait until that gets patched and yeah pretty shortly after that got patched i picked him up and couldn't put them down yeah And we
1: were collectively never the same again.
3: (laughs) Uh, Terrors of the tables. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I agree. It's like super fun Warband and uh, yeah, really interesting to see that like go from like nothing to like absolute terrors back down to nothing and then like back up to somewhere in the middle. And just like there's probably never been a Warband that's quite all over the map like that. Uh,
1: One might say they uh, ebbed and flowed out of favor. Not, <laughs> yes. not to
0: belabor these guys too much, but what I what I like about them is that you know you, you I'd lose a game to Skylar playing as them, and I'm like, okay, these guys are super powerful. Like I'm, I'm going to take a turn, and then you start <laughs> piloting them, and you're like, oh, this is actually really hard. Yeah, like, like,
3: you, need, this, you need the reps.
0: It, it felt. Uh, it felt like it was easy mode for him on the other side, but it wasn't. Like you're like you really need to know what you're doing, and that that's a that's a cool design. Very
4: cool. I think that was a strength of Direkhasm. There was a lot of warbands that required to get the reps in and uh, have that practice.
0: I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, Kanan's yeah. right. Like you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. So next up. Uh, yeah we did uh we did another crossover here episode 57 was uh my sweet lore and that's uh we did a crossover with the story phase we covered the dire chasm anthology very different uh again talking about trying to do things that other folks aren't doing uh just a pure dive into the background i actually enjoyed this a lot i don't think it it got like the numbers that others did but no but it was really good and i (laughs) i enjoyed it and
3: it was fun to be able to have a chat with aaron and paul on our cast rather than like just joining them for story phase. so yeah um, yep. would do again.
0: <laughs> They're going to have to release more books. They them. would. They would have to do yeah. that again, but they should. So if, GW, if you're listening. Um, um, another innovation was episode 58, Phil.
3: Yeah. Um, so, so we decided uh, with this idea of combo having late coven giving us this concept in a more structured way that was like okay uh that's something that we could try building around but let's see if we could do it on air and uh yeah. and so we we could tr- tried out the concept of building a deck live for the first time and to be fair this is Specifically, possible because Arena
0: Mortis Two had just dropped with a ton of yeah, support for console. Yeah, combo, supports, right?
3: supports combo to a much greater extent than just the warband itself, and so um, able to take it and run at that point and see like, oh, what what can we make work here? Yeah, a little behind the scenes pull back the curtain but uh even for these live builds we tend to have like some pretty strong ideas going into it ahead of time so it's not like purely live because otherwise we'd be there for hours but uh we 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 thought hey you know it's something to try and uh people definitely liked it so um it's been cool it's given us i think more uh encouragement to try more experimental and different stuff and uh something we will continue to do and if there's something you hear that we do that's different and you like it let us know so we know to do more of it
0: yeah i think this is also because that was the drop of arena mortis 2 i think this is a good opportunity to open it up to the bigger group here um we probably played arena mortis a little bit more than than most uh but what what was your take on that sort of arena mortis and arena mortis 2 experiment uh coming in beast grave
1: and then dire chasm I was really disappointed when Gnarlwood dropped and there wasn't a Harrowdeep Nether Maze version.
4: Mm, big fan then. Yeah, it honestly led to some fun, uh, just look at at the jank that I brought to, (laughs) because that's normally how we would kind of like do the intermission between leagues is we'd just be like, okay, we're going to do like a week or three of uh, Arena Mortis and allows everybody to just kind of like, play around with the cards in a new way because a lot of the card pool that might not have been really viable in championship you could tap into for arena mortis and just be like oh but with this character it's nuts and that was a lot of fun uh never i didn't get to participate in this day but never would have expected the strength of uh black powder in that season to come out with the monkey (laughs) and i was just about to get
1: into that i was i uh, Man, I built a real nasty monkey build with uh, Arena Mortis, and as I was putting it together, I was like, you know, this is either going to be the stupidest thing that I've ever done, or I'm going to lose some friends at this league night. Hey, why not both? And uh, Well, you know what? It did end up being a little bit of both. I I think I ended up breaking Alex's spirit with Arena Mortis, because I think... I didn't focus him down, but I'm pretty sure I broke at least what was it?
0: You light fingered it was, off a ton of his between
1: between light fingered and uh, just other tech. Like I leaned hard into breaking other people's upgrades, and I'm oh. I'm pretty sure I broke at least five to eight upgrades. <laughs> off of oh him. my god! <laughs> and. Ah, I'm trying to remember what all jank was in there, but I think there was something something. I was... Oh, yes. It was a suicide monkey. <laughs> so I had some sort of upgrade that brought him down to one wound, and there was another one built into it where it did a... Oh, it gave me Scything, but after I did the attack, I had to uh deal a damage to myself <laughs> it was just it was just nuts it, and that's <laughs> that's part of what i loved about arena mortis was that you could do some unconventional stuff and there was really no pressure to like win it was yeah. just hey i'm gonna do a dumb thing and if it gets me a lot of glory throughout the course of the game great if not oh no
0: yeah I, I think the, the, the if you wanted to say there was a problem with Arena Mortis, it was that they were they were stuck trying to design cards for two things at the same time. Cards yeah, that are yeah. fun to play in Arena Absolutely. Mortis and cards that work in Championship. And I think that may be why we haven't seen it again.
4: Well, and I uh, feel like that made it a bigger challenge for Championship because a lot of those ended up just being restricted hard. I think they did a better job with that in mm-hmm. Arena Mortis 2. Uh, but there was still definitely some standouts. Meanwhile, the bulk of it was ignored by Championship. Oh. Um, but also, interestingly, is I think Arena Mortis is the most played Relic format, because Mm. if you were to put Great Strength on somebody, and somebody else puts Great Strength on it, the person who had it previously breaks theirs. Mm. So it really rewarded having older cards that did effectively the same thing, but were less likely to see copies. Right,
1: and I don't know if that would be a great idea for championship but i really would like to see kind of some thoughts behind why that isn't employed because i think that's fascinating
4: oh mm. copy breaks yep hmm. it, well. yeah they, you wouldn't need restricted cards <laughs> something to, something to
0: <laughs> stash away in the old idea folder we had after that uh we were getting ready for another season change and another uh, another realm change, going from uh, the realm of Beeskir to Ulgu. So we spent a couple of episodes, fifty nine and sixty, uh, talking about preparing for that rotation. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to cut from our decks? What did Dire Chasm slash season four look like? All leading up to episode sixty one, Phil. And that was, yeah. Uh, so we get we get the actual hero deep drop,
3: and uh, we find out that we're moving to a whole different world where we got gloom tokens and delving and objectives go face down and like <laughs> completely turns the whole meta on its head. Cause as Davey had mentioned to this point, hold objectives was pretty prevalent. It, I mean, aggro was strong, um, but hold was still around as like one of the big competitors. And this changed um you know a lot of how people had to approach the game because you couldn't score a lot of those uh hold surges without doing a lot of extra work so um you know this this was a big shift there's actually some other rules changes that happened in here with like inspire timing and adding more windows for all the different reactions and stuff to just
0: spell out a lot of stuff which had some ripple effects across the game so um but it it is funny that uh uh just a small rule change, like the objectives being face down and being able to delve them yeah. and such, all of a sudden creates a world where, uh guess what? You have to restrict a sepulchral
3: guard card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some funny unintended consequences where it's like, oh, hold all the objectives. Well, look at that. There's only one of them. <laughs> That's yeah. one of my
2: favorite things about that rule change is it just... Uh, recontextualized everything that came before and flipped it on its head and all of a sudden you were looking at cards that you never ran before and uh, things like uh, the making a statement making a statement yep, yeah, yep. all of the great
1: things like unintentionally kneecapping Cagras <laughs> 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 oh Alex is so sad <laughs> but uh, uh,
3: yeah and
2: for us that was a like significant release for us because we had never known the game without Beastgrave. Um, mm. That was always in the card pool because that's the season we came in on. So this this was it finally rotating out mm. and our first time seeing the game without it. Um, and I remember just being absolutely excited to experience a turnover like that in the card pool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, as you can imagine with that, we uh, take a look at some of the warbands there. We set up a uh, content creator challenge where we were going to go head-to-head with Matt from Set the Tempo. Uh, so we did a live build of a, uh, of a Cunning Crew deck. And then I think our first uh, battle report that we had done, and that was also another innovation that people seemed to enjoy. We had, uh, I kind of emceed a recap of a battle. Uh, with the True Seekers from Matt playing our build of the uh, Cunning Crew, and uh, it was a way to kind of move through a game and really explain the thinking and kind of get in in the decision making process, which I think is is kind of a a, a fun watching watching a, a game as it plays out is fun because you're you're seeing it live or not live, but you're seeing it as things happen, but you don't get the thought process um, like mm-hmm. you can with this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool um we we had identified that uh hold objective play was uh really shaken up so that uh, represented our episode 64 yeah yeah holding in the deep we're
3: talking deep dive on where does hold objective play go now what does glue mean um and and this is actually about the third anniversary of the podcast when i'm recording this um Yeah, we missed the second anniversary uh (laughs) if for folks who didn't notice us mention it it's because it was during the pandemic unfortunately um but yeah so so three years of recording and we're we're still talking hold objectives and uh (laughs) very different world though and it was pretty fun um i don't remember all of our conclusions but i think it's a lot of the same stuff we just said where it was like oh it's so much harder but you have these new cards that you can use so some interesting changes it didn't actually die it just had to adapt pretty heavily and you had to it took a little while to get there yeah um after that uh we we get into i think our first episode was skylar and uh Skylar, you're you're on to help us talk about teaching the game to new players.
2: Indeed, I was um, hosting a bunch of um, like uh, events at my at my house uh, with friends that I thought would uh, be interested in the game because we had just experienced dire chasm, um, you know, in a vacuum, it felt like and uh, Brian, Josh and I could not stop. Um, geeking out about how good we thought the Warbands were in that season. It was our favorite season uh, that uh, to date, and it was such a shame that it wasn't seeing um, you know, tournament support given to global events. Um, and we wanted to uh, reach out to everyone that we could um, that we knew and try to you know host these demo days. And so I'd been doing a lot of that, and we saw people coming out. Um, I started. Uh, either shortly before this or shortly after this, I started doing the um, like teaching events um, out and about in the area. And I, (laughs) I remember when you guys asked me to come on, uh, I never, never considered being a guest before. So um, it, it felt like an honor at the time uh, to be a part of the podcast. And um, yeah, it still does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, I definitely called up Brian and was like, guess what?
5: Uh, <laughs> oh,
2: wait a minute. No, that's actually false. I, yeah, I you, kept you just, it to uh, myself. And, uh, and I waited. I wait. I was waiting for him to uh, listen to the episode and message me and be like, "You son of a!" And he never did. <laughs> <laughs> he, played, he double played me. He Won't listened to the episode and was like, "He was like, oh, Skyler's been playing this one close to his chest. I'm not gonna let him know that I've been listening." <laughs>
1: uh, was that the time that you team left team. something in my mailbox? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times.
2: Wow, uh, <laughs> prompting cuts. my friends to listen to the episode.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, we our next one was uh, we we're right at the start of 2022. Uh, Phil and I got together just to give. How, we rarely do this sort of thing, but we were like, "Here's our uh, episode full of uh, guesses, anticipations, wild speculation about what does Harrow Deep and Beyond have for us." As at this time, we could see that the roadmap said there were only four war bands that were going to be associated with harrow deep so there were a lot of unknowns that we were going to try and talk our way through um i will say i was feeling more pressure so this is and this happened to us a few times where you know one of us would be traveling around the road and so we'd either have to make you know these big concessions like let's record way in advance or i would try to record from like inside a closet while uh, (laughs) we're on the road uh i mean a literal closet um and, uh, this is where the first inkling of like, maybe we, maybe we want some more folks on here just so that we're not like, we're not stuck giving bad content either because of recording quality or because of having to record so far in advance. So, uh, that, that's kind of where the first idea, uh, salted into my brain for that, um, next one uh in in our tradition of revisiting our favorite things phil uh episode (laughs) 67
3: yeah and i think this one i mean yes it is revisiting star blood which is something i'm always willing to do but i think we are also using this as an opportunity to discuss a warband that likes to hold objectives in a meta that does not uh make it easy for you and sort of how do they fit into this flip tech and um Using gloom tokens, so uh, a different take there. Um, there, we have a note that Starblood was winning events at this time. I don't remember which event it was though. Uh,
0: online events because there weren't well, right? Uh, Big but- ones. So there, there was some online clashes slash invitationals yeah. sort of thing. Um, I guess it
3: probably bears mentioning the pandemic sort of sparked a online. Uh, Growth boom, and there was a lot of online events happening for the last, you know, year or so at at this point of our recordings. And there was a lot of um, online tournaments and online, um, uh, like leagues and stuff like that. So, some good stuff, but uh, I mean, the, the level of competition ended up being very high in all of those because it's people from all over the world who are super dedicated to the game. So, lots of interesting information, nothing that I was super keen to jump in on myself, but, uh, yeah. Um, at this time we were also waiting on black powder. We, we knew that they were coming. Um, I personally was excited for the concept. I thought a pirate ogre sounded really, really cool. Uh, and then our next episode was in fact the rundown of said black powder. And I don't know, if you remember your first reaction, Davey, or guys, if you remember any of yours, but I was a little disappointed. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, think I was you...
1: <laughs> absolutely whelmed.
4: <laughs> I, I remember everybody was so fearful that they were Frothgorn 2.0 and that we were going to have another big boy turret uh, be a problem. So that's what yeah. I remember
2: about it the most was I was excited that it looked like they were pulling some of his power out of you know this absolute titan of a man and putting it into um, the the rest of the war band, kind of you know having the pairings where it's like if you know this fighter is close to this fighter, this can be accomplished. So it was, um, and then like the light fingering reaction being the thing that his um, you know war band is doing outside of himself. Uh, so they have to go you know loot and get him um, his ammo. I, I thought. Uh, oh they're solving it like this is going to be the 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 solution to uh rothgorn and malog um mm. but uh yeah <laughs> that that was my initial feeling right and uh, yeah. we all we all know that <laughs> he kind of got shelved uh in the uh, uh public eye for a while
0: yeah and until this beta rule which i think maybe gets him relevant again to some extent absolutely it's, uh, pretty exciting uh coming out right about at the same time was that uh illusory might it's our second standalone rivals deck that we'd seen uh this was definitely like an improvement as in it it felt more cohesive there still were some weird choices famously we talk about the uh the gambit that says you know you can get an upgrade out for free um was it desperate bargain or something like that (laughs) you're like well this is the one deck that doesn't need to do that like why would i do that so um but uh, but illusions being an innovation um, for for the the game, uh, we still see them to yeah. some extent. Um, still building with them. I was using them just the other day with the uh, the kind of crew to to um, get some powerful stuff out easily. It was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool. Uh, in in the tradition, man, we finally had an ACON that we thought we were going to be able to go to. So ACON twenty twenty two, episode seventy. We get Jimmy Molini on to talk about that. Uh, getting ready for it Um, and that would occupy uh, everything for the next few episodes except for 71 where we kind of take a little bit of a detour yeah we dive into the Grand Alliance cards and
3: um, some of our hopes for what they could mean um, going forward I think this was an episode again where we had a small enough number of these that we could really kind of run through all of them or close to all of them and I i don't know about you i i am still very excited by the idea of grand alliance cards yeah. it's like the perfect level of balance because you can design cards for specific war bands where you know that like i can make this concept stronger because i know it won't go in this war band that tends to break that playstyle.
4: yeah um, it is definitely one of my favorite uh new new card ideas and like new mechanics because uh, like we've seen like magic hunger uh hunter quarry and it's always kind of like hit or miss this seems like honestly it's like one of the best innovations to deck building in my yeah opinion.
0: i'm still holding out hope for uh, grand alliance rivals decks i don't know if that's too specific for them to want to print but uh that would be a cool way we haven't seen them at all in gnarlewood no yeah. grand alliance cards so far None. so Hopefully, hopefully they're not dead. They're still putting Grand Alliance uh, symbols on fighter cards. So I, I think it's, it's probably
3: still yeah. going to be around. I'm hoping that we get like maybe a, a whole card pack. If it's not decks, mm-hmm. maybe like just a standalone release. That's like, mm-hmm. here's an infusion of cards that go in championship, but yeah, we will see. Right there with you. And so, you know, you know, the drill, there's a preview. We're probably talking about them pretty soon um but we we get through the rest of our Acon stuff we we actually have a uh a breakdown after day one where we recorded in the hotel at adepticon mm. uh yeah kind of a fun little recording um i was like super fried trying to record <laughs> that both <Yeah>. both mentally <laughs> but also like we'd been talking so much over the last eight hours that like my voice was super shot. <laughs> and I
0: was just
3: like, well, all right, let's just, let's just get yeah. through this. But it was fun.
0: Uh, yeah. Good times. 72. We, we did a thing that we often do, which is we're leading up to, uh, to a tournament and we kind of like reveal all our secrets a little bit. Like yeah. you and I played a bat rep <laughs> against each other, but it, you know, it makes for good content and it was, it was, was fun for us to think about. Um, 74 we've got zach on who is the second place with spike claus swarm so it's cool to talk to him he wasn't he was just about to be a part of path to glory at that point was not yet uh and then uh straight on to nether maze uh no guess for that and uh uh what there were there were a few so it was still in the realm of shadow um any of you guys remember some of the like kind of big notables about this box or any rules changes that felt uh significant at the time the rules changes were minimal, but the mm. injection
2: uh, to the card pool at that time, I think, was significant. We went mm-hmm. from uh, an invading aggro meta uh, and mm-hmm. that uh, term being coined to all of a sudden uh, Nether Maze just opening up the season. Um, this actually becomes uh, my favorite season, and I think uh, Brian's mm-hmm. and Josh's as well, um, of all time uh, thus far. And one of the reasons we fell in love with it was because it just offered such a strength in variety um this is the you know the last time we really saw just tons of play styles uh mm. that were constantly viable war bands that uh the war band variety was uh that you would see out was just flush as well it wasn't all you know who's the king of aggro um at that time um,
0: yeah uh, I thought a significant improvement was also that this is the point where all rivals decks started carrying six surges. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Because so, before I... that, through Harrow Deep, uh, there was like Cunning Crew, I think, only has four surges. They, they started being consistent for a little while like four surges, eight end phase, or third end phase. Uh, before that, it was just all over the place where, like, Crothgorn has what he's got like seven he's, surges he's got in eight his row. <laughs> what the hell? And then an, uh, an Annihilation
3: clone. So, you know, what's happening? Uh, uh, my,
4: my favorite innovation of the season was the Mulligan Rule.
0: Oh, that's big. Yeah, um, I love that.
4: Crazy big rule.
0: Yeah. Big, it's uh, really changed
4: just, deck viability in my mind.
0: Changed deck viability, changed... uh, End phases, or like third
4: end phase cards.
0: Well, and the RNG of like, I just just drew bad to start. And so now, like one of my best of three is I'm way behind the eight ball on it. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great shift. Yes.
3: Hard to remember times before that now. It feels like it should have always been that way. Um, It is crazy. Remember
4: having like, having to drop your three cards and only having nine... Yeah.
0: Yeah. There goes six of my, six of my glory for the game that I just will never <laughs> yeah. get a chance Oof. at.
4: Six plus. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how many changes, uh, you and I have kind of seen Phil and like how many of them seem like, oh, I don't remember a time when that was the case. Hardly until somebody reminds yeah. you. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Uh, we were in uh, release deluge time again here because Exile Dead was delayed or something. they they ended up I, I actually forget that Exile Dead are a d war right. band because they released simultaneously yeah. with Nethermaze. maze. They were delayed um, a little bit, so they ended up dropping on the same time as the box,
3: which was really unfortunate because they didn't still- get their... They didn't get their time Still yeah.
4: struggling with the COVID logistics era What do you mean yeah. they didn't get their time <laughs> Well
0: before we had Other stuff to look at I mean people still played them yeah. a yeah. bunch but that's different
1: yeah. Oh you mean like on air I get you
0: Yeah yeah there may be more time for them Coming with this Beastbound Assault than Yeah, clearly are the ones yeah. who uh-huh. pissed, like a lot of that stuff Should so. be interesting
1: You been uh, uh, looking at my kitchen table there Davey? <laughs>
0: i mean yes mm-hmm. if you <laughs> if you'd stop bumping the hidden camera i
3: would have a better view of it
1: <laughs> sorry i'll i'll be sure to get the yeah. angle right next time
3: yeah thank you sneaking in there to adjust the focus every night
0: um uh, <laughs> this got creepy <laughs> uh, with the with this uh daily release it kind of dictates a lot of our release schedule again so we have um nethermaids universal is in episode 76 we have another live build of the Exiled dead in 77 um and then 78 that's uh, brian's debut on the podcast as a guest uh yeah brian and phil bat what was yeah that's right uh right. If, am i remember right phil was uh phil was dantelos and brian took the assassin rats indeed yeah 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 um and they definitely assassined <laughs> oh yeah Oh, they did. They did. Uh, You know,
3: the thing that I remember when we had Exile did first come out is that they were another one of those tricky warbands where just reading it, it was kind of like, I'm not 100% sure how good this is going to be. And then very quickly we realized that, oh, they're going to be great. (laughs) They're going to do all sorts of nasty stuff once people figured it out. Um, But it, it allows for a much different play style than just like straightforward uh hold or um or control and and that's cool and it's a good thing to have in the game where you have to like think a
0: little bit more about the warband to figure out how they work so i mean i'll say this when you play with or against exile dead it feels like you're playing like a slightly different edition of the game like it feels like i'm playing a game that is like I don't know like uh underworld's 1.05 or something like that where like it, it's just such a different game than playing almost any other faction because of the way they move and attack and yeah like, the resurrection and action efficiency is is so weird yeah uh that uh and it, it it really feels like that's that's not a game you can be like well i practiced against you know <laughs> Sepulchral guard so i, I kind of get how this goes like no yeah. you, you can't you can't really play against anyone to prep for exile dead you have to play against exile dead
3: and it it bears mentioning that this was when their rules hadn't been changed yet so they blocked all reactions during their special action as well so really messed up a whole bunch of stuff and made for some really really tough rules conundrums that we needed a lot of answers to um yeah so interesting release uh anything you remember about this brian that is worth mentioning
4: uh, I think soon after this is when I was like pitching the idea to my fiance and she's been playing rats since. So it's
3: true. Yeah. Lots, lots of repping for them rats. Uh, it's just good mm-hmm. to see. Good to see. Don't get a lot of scaven out in our normal group besides her. Yeah. Uh, so then we're on to episode 79. We got some hidden gems. What, what are we, some, what craziness yeah. are we doing here?
0: <laughs> this is, we, we put out a, a, uh request for listener submissions. Like what do people think were overlooked cards? Um, and that's, that's the sort of thing that's kind of fun to do every once in a while. We, we finally had, basically we were, uh, curating that list while we were working our way through the huge backlog of, of new content. Um, and, uh, got to, got to cover what people thought. And it's, it's that sort of fun, like, well, why, why is this card an interesting thing? I, I think it's something we'll definitely return to, um, uh, before too much longer. Yeah. Uh, just what, what are, what are kind of cute tricks? We have our better, more cute than good. It's, it's a way to get to talk about those instead of just the stuff that's hyper-optimized or, or all that sort of thing. It's tough because then people have to give up their secrets if they want to, you know, a <laughs> hidden gem is not hidden if it's, uh, if it's told to everybody. True. Um, yeah. But speaking of revisiting things. Yeah. We, uh, episode 80. Yeah. We,
3: we finally, at long last, we decided that it's about time to dust off the resources page of our website and give it actual links and cover all the new community resources that had been created in the last almost four years at this point. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have we have more updated uh, community resources available. We discussed some of our uh, takes on all those different groups in making content in the community and just trying to give people a lay of the land. Um, Pretty straightforward. I'm sure something we'll have to update again at some point. Although now that we have links, we can probably just do a better job of maintaining it there.
2: And on that note, uh, there's a refresh on the site as of this episode. Uh, Go take a look. Oh,
0: well, there you go. With uh with Skyler's efforts, we're gonna try and keep that uh, a little more current there. Uh, if you have a resource that you think uh should be on there that's not, let us know. because yeah. we'd be happy to include it. That's good deal. That's really just a thing to like let people know what all the stuff is, uh, what all is out there. So yeah, um, and then we uh, our- uh, go ahead.
3: Yeah, we uh we we go we go on again to have a sort of revisit of a, of a warband post clash win. Um, mm. Same kind of deal. We're talking ghouls this time, which is the first time we'd seen ghouls in a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Uh, this was one of those things where we we hit that topic because uh, I had spent a lot of time with ghouls. I saw somebody do well with them. Uh, I had been kind of bemoaning the fact that I felt like they struggled. And I was like, well, I, I guess they don't struggle that much if uh, Necromone. To be fair, Necromone is like he's, the ghoul king. He's like very he, good. There's there's few people with as many reps as him, um, but uh, it it's that idea of getting uh, getting the expert. One of one of uh, one of the last guests we had on, um, perhaps actually yeah, uh, and until quite a bit later. But this is really where we've kind of slowed down on guests because uh, we're gearing up for a, for a personnel change. But yeah. before that. Um, we get uh, we get some white dwarf content. This is vainglorious raiders mm-hmm. and patient lurkers. So we talked about this in episode eighty two. What do you guys think about? Uh, do you think we're going to see this again? Do you think? What did you think about having this? Was this the right call at the time?
4: I think it was a, a decent holdover, like mm-hmm. a get you by situation, uh, but it was poorly executed, a little half baked. Um, I mean, anything to get the game rolling again after the pandemic. So any port in a storm and. And I think in this case,
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: I, yeah.
4: I'd
0: agree with that. If, if you're going to try and spin up the, that rivals or nemesis was not called such at the time. I don't, uh, but uh, if you're going to try and spin up those formats, you needed more options out there. Yeah. 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 It, there's not a lot else to say about it.
3: Really. It's just, it was, it was fleshing out the total card pool. If you wanted to play nemesis, which um, was good. It, I mean, they were probably looking forward to where the game was going and we didn't know it. And so it makes sense in retrospect, but mm-hmm. at the time it was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I
0: don't understand why some of these cards are in here, but, um, yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it at the time too, is it was almost practice, right? So like, let's just practice uh, with like a low stakes, um, white dwarf article yep. and then have a better chance to get in it. Right. And I, I, you know, you can find faults or, or, say that the current rivals universal rivals decks are not perfect but they they are a lot more functional than what we saw early on
4: yeah a great improvement absolutely and, yeah. uh
0: i almost don't want to mention this but uh, episode 83 was uh, another reavers episode So, so. And,
3: and this one i think unlike some of our other deep dives into corn bands, this was mostly because i was trying a thing where i was like okay i'm gonna play super weird stuff because I, there's some of this weird tech where you can take advantage of like not being in cover. Cause everything at the time was like, I'm going to be in cover. I'm going to stand in cover. I'm going to be on feature tokens. And it was like, what if I zig while everybody else is zagging and <laughs> did this weird suicide reverse build that actually worked very well. Um, for the most part, uh, against some really high really level to see against some really high level players. Uh, jimmy jimmy definitely showed me what was what when i tried it against his sepulchral guard but um it was effective and different and i think that was more the the focus here is like how do we how do we do this um aggro thing in an era of flipping because flip tech was the like main form of the meta at the time so uh maybe be unfortunate that it was reavers again but
2: well it was you uh (laughs) and it was definitely uh a mad science build for sure um and it was it made a wave in our local like uh everybody loved seeing it it was um you know often victorious and it was just um the variety uh of it was was shocking uh because nobody was playing anything like that at that time
3: yeah um and it's no longer viable because they've restricted some of the cards <laughs> that it relied on and rotated others out. So it is it is fully
0: dead at this point. But it was fun when it but lasted. It sounds like we just need another uh, Reavers episode. To,
3: uh, <laughs> I was going to say,
4: when we get to the sixth Reavers episode, mm-hmm. is it what the Garricks?
3: <laughs> well i mean we, we probably have to save that for eight right <laughs> but no let's let's maybe we can put a moratorium on corn until there's a new corn ore band uh right, fairness so i won't oh. take long speaking of <laughs> but no uh so so next up we have hex Bains coming out um David, yep. i know you you've
0: really loved these guys what what was happening here yeah well i mean it was just it, they almost pair with that reaver's idea of like hey we get we get some energy off of losing people i liked that uh they ended up being extremely powerful and i think we we uh misjudged just how powerful they would be on that uh initial assessment but uh it it did feel like a one where like the more reps the more tricks you can learn the more tricks you learn the more powerful they are so uh 84 and 85 were were covering their release and then building a deck with them um and uh in that time then we saw another warband so bleed pray love for episode 86 uh gore chosen arrive um it was uh we we built this one uh did a live build with this this is another one where kind of that um timing was was tricky because there was some travel going on so um again something that as as will about to be the case um have more hosts to help us get through that sort of uh hiccup but uh episode 87 that was the arrival uh phil was actually out for this episode but it was um the arrival of our three new hosts so josh skyler and brian were on for this and it was for a bat rep between uh i was playing Sheaboard and brian was playing
1: gore chosen and um, we were collectively never the same again <laughs>
2: <laughs> we three forever tied to those three
0: <laughs> i uh do you? I don't remember uh, exactly how we pitched it to you guys. I think I think uh, I think you guys had been so involved that I was like, you know what, like let's get these guys on, either as as, as a recurring part of us or like help you guys stand up your own thing. Um, and we, I, you know, I think we talk about it some in some Absolutely.
4: of those episodes. But yeah, yeah. We, as uh, I told the Battle Mallet guys on our crossover episode, there they it drugged is. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Skyler told me there'd be candy. And <laughs> i've yet to collect on that so but
2: ice cream uh a shout out to that uh crossover with the battle mallet podcast uh davy goes on later to say i think you introduced <laughs> our new hosts better than
5: i did <laughs>
0: yeah yeah as i remember listening to you guys on that and i was like oh i don't think we ever like asked these guys like tell us some of your background because we were just like no time jumping in content now go. yeah so yeah. <laughs> um but then you're in in uh, episode 88, uh, full crew for the first time, right?
4: This was the review of Nethermaze and Harrow Deep retrospective. This one was fun because <laughs> we were reviewing and I think I brought it up here to the um, all the changes that happened between Harrow uh, Deep and Nethermaze and what might uh, Gnarlwood hold in store for us. Um, we really went back through the development of the game. I think I even broke down like Uh, how Magic is doing, Hunger, uh, Hunter Quarry, and uh, we were really high on the Grand Alliance cards. We thought that that was going to continue trying to do some forecasting for what was going to be happening in Narlwood.
3: Yeah. Little did we know. (laughs)
1: Little
4: did we know.
1: I was going to say, I think one of the things that I kind of miss the most upon reviewing this episode is one of the things that Nethermaze and Harrow Deep did really well was encouraging people to engage with the new mechanics. So cover and gloom hexes and all of that. That was something that they did really well from a design standpoint. And I'm really hoping that Nextwood brings something like that.
3: <laughs> we'll see. I mean I have some hope now that we've seen a deck that doesn't have a plot card that we'll get back to that world. But man, uh, we were, we were in for a seismic shift as we are yanked back into Gur and not, not expecting any of this, but yeah. So, so our next few episodes were all focused around the new Gnarlwood box and, um, yeah, we we were not prepared. Um Davy and I so Davy got the his hands on the rulebook first and, and bravely read through everything he could to try and uh catch all of the changes that happened. And we missed a ton of them. We missed tons. <laughs> um How could made, you? there's so much that changed between Another uh, maze and gnarl wood, which is
4: like what pretty crazy. <laughs> uh,
3: well, if you'd like to know, you can the... go back and listen to yeah. episode 89 and read some of the uh, addendums that we had to have. Um, I will
4: say, I'm a little surprised at the change to the move and charge mechanics haven't been as tectonic as I would have thought.
1: Uh, what?
3: <laughs> oh boy, uh, re-
0: jot this one down for debate episode.
1: Uh, sounds <laughs> yeah. like
0: there's some strong opinions. I, I've seen it. Some war bands, it's, it's an invisible change. Other war bands like, oh, I don't know, uh, three big beefy corn boys uh, really, really get a lot out of the uh, yeah. the, the charge thing. Yeah, so no I'd, kidding. The rules have not on, changed for them.
3: I think they'd yeah. be in a very different spot right
0: now. Yeah. And I think there's a really healthy uh, shift with uh, delving where – that was a little out of control how often uh, tokens yeah. were getting flipped. And forth, so. <laughs> Every power um, step, maybe yeah, multiple times. Be, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was uh, Narwood, And we also kicked it off with uh, a guest spot from uh, on our next one, episode 90. We brought Jared in to uh, have Phil and uh, Phil and the battle mallet, uh rep uh throw down for the bat oh, yeah. mal bat rep um which uh turns out it's a little lopsided. a little bit <laughs> sorry jared uh
3: yeah we we both build nemesis decks and he he had velmorns i had Gnarl spirit pack and it was not close um which as we know now that is not an an aberration that is just kind of how that box turned out um mm-hmm. Indeed, it's it's so close uh, to
2: being this like perfect introductory product too. I I love that um, it included two nemesis you know functional rivals decks in it uh, mm-hmm. as the universals, so that you know you could hand this to somebody and they could not only play rivals but then they could uh, deck build you know that nemesis experience uh, with either deck, uh, and so it was a lot of game in one package. It's just the balance between Narles Spirit and Valmors a little rough for that introductory
1: product. Absolutely. Um, I don't think a little rough properly. Yeah. That, <laughs> that power the, skew. The just yeah.
3: massive gulf is between them. And then timeline wise, uh, this is when
2: Brian and I are tossed at Battle Mallet uh, to return the crossover favor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, a bonus
4: we, episode over there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcomed in with uh uh we're welcomed in
3: there <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best well, we can in with has... metaphor metaphor Best words. I, uh, the words blank <laughs> i
2: had to do my best to uh hold my god sworn hunt opinions at bay uh the entire oh episode. yeah
3: oh um, yeah yeah and and we continued the coverage then uh davy and josh did another live deck build for Velmoren for championship um this was kind of before we knew that the world was shifting towards Nemesis.
0: Um, yeah, quite as heavily, and also in keeping with our tendency to want to talk about the things that not isn't being talked about as much. So, like, yeah. let's give Velmore a little attention. Yeah. everybody's talking Keep
3: about Nars spirit. Yeah, make them feel loved. So, you know, after that, we were off of new releases for a little bit, and we decided that a cool thing that we could do because it feels like a strength of our community. Is talk through how our league was built and run, and what folks could do to run their own league. Uh, Skylar, you've been pretty much uh, running with this, so I, I think this is this is yours. Uh, recap. Sure, uh,
2: I outline our league process ad in this episode, as well as. Um, I just give tips and tricks for, uh, best ways to just stir up, um, your local scene and, um, it, you know, spoilers, it comes down to consistently doing it and it can be, uh, thankless and sometimes it can feel defeating, you know, when you're out and nobody shows up, but, uh, you know, uh, sticking with it and representing it with, uh, joy and excitement uh can be contagious uh people rely on that consistency they know where to find you and if you're consistently excited um it's it's going to generate excitement and people are going to come in
3: absolutely yeah. Davey, we wouldn't know anything about having to have just played against you know <laughs> one other person for a while yeah
0: a long while <laughs> <laughs> Magoras versus Farstriders for forever yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: forever yeah. Um, but the reprieve from new releases is short lived um, <laughs> we're on to Loon Court almost right away and uh, we get a, a rundown we also have Fearsome Fortress um, the uh, you know the new deck is cool to break down the two releases don't really go together um, unfortunately so there wasn't a whole lot uh, to do there but I, it did feel like at this point um, that the releases have now been pretty consistent timing wise and um, content wise for uh, um after the main box so it was like okay we're, we're not getting stuff too close together there's not big gulfs in releases so I, I like this pace that we're on I hope they can keep it pretty consistent now that shipping problems uh fingers crossed are not going to be too consistent anymore uh and then next davy you had
0: another bat rep uh we did sons of elmore and into loon court uh brian and i throwing a gown is that is that the most common pairing for bat reports now i think so <laughs> yeah all right we'll have to keep that in mind <laughs> it's it's happened i think that's the third time so yeah and then uh, another innovation not innovation another uh shameless thievery yeah uh we stole from chatting the the late great chatting crit uh for 47 hammers uh our first debate episode uh where we talked about are there too many war bands and what should we do about that and it was you and me josh is it
1: yeah i don't remember which sides we ended on but i know yours was wrong that's uh, (laughs) all i remember from that episode
0: obviously
3: um yeah Definitely a cool concept. I think we got a lot of really cool feedback from people about this as well. Um, yeah. I think maybe the most feedback we've gotten on an episode before.
0: So definitely. Just about. Um, and, and it wasn't just, you know, like I like that or didn't like that. It was people kind of pitching their own like, hey, here's what I thought about that. Or here's, you know, all that sort of thing. So like uh, seemed to seemed to stimulate a lot of conversation one way or the other.
4: I'm That's definitely cool. excited to do more episodes like that. Agreed. I really wish I could have been on on this one.
0: Well,
3: I think we can make that happen. Uh, we've just in this episode gotten some new ideas. So we move on to our nemesode. Uh, we are talking the nemesis world that we are living in. And so we take a moment to break down what we thought seem to be the meta for uh, Nemesis and sort of what things you could be looking for to try and succeed in the format. This is along with the backdrop of Adepticon being a, um, a Nemesis format. Oh, horizon. So, yeah, this is kind of this
2: year's um, Road to Adepticon episode. Uh,
3: it, yes, absolutely is. And uh, less explicitly, but it is certainly that case. And we are trying to chat about what are the things to consider this format is relatively new. So what is it that you should be trying to do and what we think are going to be the strong contenders? Um, I think our most recent league would show that we maybe don't have that picture fully figured out, but normal spirit pack is still definitely something to consider. And aggro is also, uh, highly represented. So, um, Mm. holds true enough. um, and then we we did fail to mention it um, earlier but we we were prepping for our local tournament around the same time our mad town throwdown which i think is now a uh, you know coined term that we're probably going to run with and uh, we we uh, have a recap here for episode 97 where we just talk through our tournament how it went we we didn't have as many people show up as we would have hoped but it was still pretty good turnout and uh it was champs so it was probably the last time any of us played championship for the last good number of weeks it was uh, a nice e- you,
2: experiment uh a nice experiment into the plot locked uh
0: championship environment and i'll tell you this i don't know how many of you have tried to go back to making championship decks after a couple months of nemesis play uh, it is. It was like, whoa, this is actually scary. I don't. I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing here. Like, this is uh, so many more options. Um, I, I think the listener takeaway on this though is that uh, those Mad Town Throwdowns. It's our intention to continue them quarterly. Uh, we'll kind of rotate formats. Yep. And uh, even even at our lowest attendance levels, you'll you'll still be in like the six, seven, eight kind of realm as soon as we get people uh, from out of town. So you can count on. At least you know six or so of us uh locally being there which which makes for a, a decent one day or local event absolutely um, so uh, anytime you see it on the calendar you can feel confident you can you can come and get some get a good variety of games yeah
3: we always have a good time so if you're just if you're just feeling like throwing some dice just come and hang out we would appreciate having more folks join us uh, it's been fun we we've had more people in the past and it was always a blast so uh, stay tuned. We'll get another one of those on the books. We've talked about it. Haven't scheduled it quite yet, but
0: should be coming. Yeah. Uh, 98, uh, with the beta rules coming out for war bands, uh, both for Gnarl spirit and black powder. Thought we'd uh, test those, uh, again, rather than just talk about the beta rules, let's, let's put them into play. Let's yeah. kind of, um, try something different. And then, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, episode 99, uh, was just about uh, those slaughter daughters is about the Aaron uh, and, uh, theoretically what closes out in Arwood, I don't think we're tracking any other uh, releases. Uh, we didn't have yeah. Eastbound assault in hand. We do now, um, there's a lot out there. So in, in our way, uh, choosing how to cover it will kind of depend if, uh, we think there's more to be said or if we think everything that needs to be said has been said. So TBD. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us up to episode 100 where we are now. Ha. Huh.
2: What are we, what are we covering <laughs> on that one?
0: <laughs> well uh let's uh let's bring it back to the start and
1: uh just <laughs> yeah, so episode 100. 100 we covered <laughs>
0: yes uh but yeah so
3: a, a quick jaunt through memory lane uh for folks quick in air quotes quick yeah. yes in in quotes i mean as as quickly as you can cover five years of a game um when you're trying to break it down you know in these week uh bi-weekly chunks but you know,
4: turns out just shy of three hours, <laughs>
3: hey, but letting them in on those secrets. Uh, but you know, it's been a fun journey for folks who haven't been around since the game started. I, I have never lost interest in this game. It's one of those games where I feel like there's always been something new, something different to try out. All the releases have always been interesting, even if I don't end up playing them, um, And I really love the combination of the deck building and the miniatures. And I have felt honored to be a part of this podcast and to be able to call this community our own. I think we've built something that's pretty great and uh, glad to have you guys along for the journey. Yeah.
1: I know we've been a little late to the party, but uh, uh, it's definitely been great becoming part of the community to the point of, I don't know being willing to share my garbage opinions in front of a microphone.
2: <laughs> Getting over all my stammering and stuttering.
1: <laughs> no, still not over that.
2: Well, it's work in progress. And, and one, I am willing- no, I mean, I'm
1: not over that. Oh, oh,
2: understood. <laughs> but, uh, as, you know, I find myself uh, on a podcast, which is something I've always wanted to do, um, with, uh, the best crew I could be on with. Uh, I, I, um, enjoy your guys' company and opinions so much. It's great to be a part of this, and uh, I'm willing to put in the work to uh, work through my stammering and stuttering and, uh, you know, sit here and listen to uh, Josh's opinions and bite my tongue a little. Allow him
1: his, his <laughs> air, <sighs> uh, And he sticks yeah. the landing.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'll say this. Uh, looking forward to what we get to do going forward. I think we got a good crew and I think we're going to continue to provide uh, a lot of good stuff for, uh, for the listeners, um, as, uh, as next would, as we've been calling it, uh, arrives and, and, uh, on from there. Um, we're excited about Adepticon; Um, it'll be our second time getting to go as a, as a, a cohesive crew. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to
1: be pretty awesome. Um, Speaking of looking forward and bad segues, y'all want to <laughs> draw some trash fire tournaments?
0: Yeah. So uh, as as mentioned, we were looking for a way to celebrate, and uh, it's going to be by playing an in house tournament. And uh, we will not have control over what we're taking. So, Josh, uh, why don't you take us away? You're, you've you've uh, Assembled yourself a giant paper mache hat and uh, thrown all the options into that. So,
1: absolutely. Uh, so, right. I think in the uh, in the spirit of this game, do y'all have your uh, dice close at hand?
0: Uh, yeah, I, can. I have I'm a die. Dude. It is not. Are you talking? Attack and defense die, or what do we?
1: So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking we roll off for who draws first.
3: Oh, okay. rolling off. Well, I unfortunately don't have those dice to hand. They're in my box someplace. I don't want to go
4: find them. I've got you. I was
1: about to say, do you Brian, guys trust can I be uh...
4: throwing the results out?
1: Oh, I, I trust you. I, I don't... I don't know if I trust you in general, but with dice, <laughs> I yeah, I don't
0: think you're gonna cheat this. All right, so we're looking for the high roll for uh, crits and such.
3: Yep,
1: that's so that what I'm thinking.
0: Sound. Okay. Oh, we got some good foley sound there. Oh yeah. Uh, all edited all right. in after the fact. All right.
1: So I've got a uh, I've got a single double.
4: <laughs> tri- triple doubles. I got nothing.
0: Okay. I got nothing on the side. I've got a single double. Real really setting the world on fire here, guys. Oh wow! <laughs> I
1: know, right? With all these crits. All right, so I think Davey, you and I roll off.
0: Okay. Two crits in a double.
1: I have a double, sir. So you are gonna yeah. go first.
0: Brian, Brian had a triple double. Uh, yeah. Skylar had nothing Skylar at all. Had
1: nothing. All right. And we
0: need we need a roll for Phil here. It's true. I, I got
1: oh,
4: you, Phil. Here you go. Brian, here you go. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, single, single, double.
0: Okay. All right. So that sounds to me like uh, Phil's the first draw. Then yep. Brian Phil's first draw. Then me. Then Josh. Then Skylar. Yep. All right.
1: Saving cool, the best cool. for last all right let's get to drawing then so first up phil you are going to be working with drum roll please Davey, if you've got that uh that sweet sweet editing magic uh you're gonna be working with a deck from console slash nickel and that'll be the vaults mysterium deck Ooh, all right.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Get your magic
0: gun.
3: So it seems like oh. you've
1: got uh seems like you got the flex to work with whatever warband you want so long as it includes Vault's Mysterium.
0: Okay. Alright. Oh, I boy, can all
1: do right.
3: this.
0: Feel just as mm. gnarl spirit pack with like one <laughs> gambit last.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so next up, Brian, you are going to be Working with a deck from Anders. You are going to be rocking the Turret Vortimus build.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Get him. Okay,
3: so... Sweet, get him.
1: sweet justice. Yes.
3: <laughs> so I won't run eyes, then, for Vaults Mysterium. So.
1: All right. Uh, and Davey, you're up. Thedra okay. Magic
0: build. Come on, Thedra Magic build.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to be rocking Davey with... Uh, from Leithenem, the Ella Fitzgerald song inspired "Black Magic" build.
0: <laughs> is that what that is? I'm gonna have to get in touch with them. Yeah, see I don't what like Black that. Magic magic is. Is. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was I. <laughs> I think he might have had some sort of implications with it, but that was that was all that I got out of the uh, the thread we had there. So all right, I'll get, get in the touch a, base and see what he had in mind. Is that is that Thedra? Is that Thedra magic? Did I do it? Maybe. <laughs> did I mean, did I you win know. that into existence? I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up is me. I'm going to be rocking. All right. This is from Joe Cody. Uh, oh. This is this is a bit of an odd one, and I'm excited about it. Uh, so this is the Relic Rule Breaker. So oh,
0: interesting. I, uh, I am like going to fun. be working
1: in the Relic format. the 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 kind of hinge here is I can only use cards where my warband is in the picture.
3: <laughs> oh, I love uh. it so much.
1: So that's going to be a bit of a brain bender, but I'm I'm excited for it.
3: Yeah, good. yeah. that'll be good. And one. then
1: last and certainly least, we've got Skyler. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love you, man. All right, he's going to be rocking from our titular uh, sponsor here, Sleeks Bulls Black Powder Maps build. Oh <laughs> snap! All right, there it is. Okay, here we go. S- so sounds like sounds like some fun stuff. I don't think any anybody uh, dreading their pick or really looking forward to their pick. Uh,
0: I am looking forward oh. to finding out what my pick was. It sounds, like, it sounds like we're going to have three decks running Magic, though, so that's cool. That's very, exciting. Very meta relevant. Very yeah. well. We are going to get some of us have some constructing to do. Some of us have some real head scratching to do. Um, uh, good luck with that endeavor, Josh. I think that might be like for episode two hundred. We all do a that relic style. That's pretty I crazy.
4: Would. I amazing. would love that. Oh, relic rule breaker.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I get a lot. And uh yeah, I we we need to start wrapping it up. So, absolutely. Um, as you all know at this point, you can get in touch with us for what the gmail.com at gmail.com at wthcast or most commonly people will hit us up on our in-house Discord where you can get involved with any of this stuff from the network. Uh we have coming up, we are going to bring you some of this coverage of the uh, Sleek's Bowl Bowl that we are doing here. Uh, and also Adepticon is racing at us uh, and any new releases will also have to be handled. So uh, we'll adapt to that as it arrives. Uh, Brian, I believe you have the text quiz for us.
4: It's I do. Uh, all right. This quote is not attributed to anyone. Okay. Time has many paths. Some are dead ends.
0: Oof. Uh,
3: the time. Well, is it?
0: Maybe.
4: Let me know when you want a clue. Uh,
0: was was that the right was guess? Still wrong.
4: It is. It is not frozen. Oh, in time. okay.
0: Well, okay. There we go. All right, all right. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah, hit it us with is a clue. relic. Okay. The figure so it it's something same, that's rotated out.
4: It is the same text on all three printings. Oh. Ooh. Oh, is this branching fate? Nope. Ooh, nope. that's that's such a good guess. Yeah. Time has many paths. Some are dead ends.
3: Okay. Hmm. I think we take one more guess
0: and then, and then we're done. (laughs) Uh,
4: it is in the essentials pack.
0: Okay. Uh, it can't be annihilation. Um, (laughs) the dead end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm coming up with nothing
2: off the top of my,
3: my dome here. Uh, Uh, is it, what's it called? Give us, give us
0: objective, uh, uh, gambit or Is upgrade. a ploy is a ploy Near, near move no because that, that oh, hasn't no. been printed three times oh yes uh, you're right you're right yeah uh no time
4: no time uh, oh, f- ah, there it is there
0: it is i was close i, I guess i
3: should have been thinking yeah.
0: more time cards
4: yeah <laughs>
3: cool good one
0: right. cool uh, let's see, for your recommended listening, uh, this is going to be the title track of the album Still Standing by Goody Mob. Uh, and that's to uh, Tip of the Hat to 100. Uh, right. Thanks, everybody, for What the Hecks. I've been Davey. I've been Phil. I've
1: been Skyler. Uh, I've been Josh. I've been Brian.
0: Uh, Sky, do you remember? You want to take this one? Sure.
4: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> quiz.
2: Yeah.
4: No, no. Take your time. <laughs> oh, perfect.
2: Thank, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, do you want to take this one? <laughs> Got him. I don't want to steal your thunder, <laughs> but. I couldn't have covered that episode recap any better.
1: <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: not, well, was not expecting any of this.
4: Okay. Who's dying.
3: I was
1: about to say who's got smoke in the living room.
2: Yeah. I tried to hit pause on that as quick as I could. Um, <laughs> It smells like uh, something in the oven. Oh. That'll be fine. Keep going.
5: <laughs> yeah. So you're cooking? Don't, don't check on I, that. I'm not. I'm just...